0: i think that'd be so great to just you're in your car (laughs) you fire up the podcast
1: um well it's hotline league episode 148 uh and it's great to be here i'm so excited to be joining all of you to talk about all the drama the hype the intrigue of off season. and guess what i'm not joining you alone on this episode that's right for this special episode only I'm joined by my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark?
0: It's a constant struggle. You never know <laughs> if I'm gonna show up. It's true. <laughs> and then some then I am there at eight ten. Actually I was here first tonight, man.
1: Yeah. No, I mean I, I, I was dealing my cam link was doing I plugging it into all these different USB drives or default things. Let me just do that again. Um you all these different USB ports on my, my computer to try to get the cam link to work and finally start working so that people could see me. We were having issues with that earlier when we were recording an episode of our book show that'll come out probably tomorrow. Uh, oh, but, bring her. but joining us is uh, for the first time ever on Hotline League, the man who people know is Tim from that new show that Travis has on his channel. How's it going, Tim?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that I've finally broken through the boundaries of the Travis Gafford YouTube channel to appear on the Travis Gafford Twitch stream.
1: That's true. Uh,
0: here's, it's the, a the good big new... career jump for me. The big news is that this is this is as low as you're ever gonna get. It's all up from here, <laughs> appearing in Travis's content. The Travis
1: Gafford Cinematic Universe for my YouTube channel. Uh, you've you're, you're in. You've made it into this this uh, this show.
0: I feel like Tim <laughs> should do like a real introduction though, because he actually does have a really cool resume.
1: Yeah, uh, Tim actually, because there are some people that are saying who's Tim or whatever, and and we never really introd who you are, other than saying you're from Oracle's Elixir on on my show. Not everybody, especially the folks that are less numbers minded, would know about it. So. What's what sort of your story in League of Legends esports?
2: Sure. I'll give it a kind of the, the, quick, the quick overview. So uh, in 2015, I launched Oracle's Elixir.com, uh, League of Legends uh, Pro Scene Stats website. Started with kind of some LCS coverage, branched out to a few different leagues. Uh, that led to you know some content creation, writing articles, doing some basic infographics. Because at that point, there was just about nobody doing it. There were a couple of websites just getting started doing any kind of stats in LoL esports. Uh, So, you know, I got a bit of a a first mover's advantage in that sense. Uh, And that led to, yeah, writing some different articles, doing some freelancing. I ended up writing for the Score Esports for a while, which is when I got this hoodie that I've really liked ever since. Uh, And, uh, yeah, for some other things, I ended up running something called uh, Shadow Analytics for for a while, Shadow.gg, which was a a, a pro team subscription platform for League of Legends teams uh, for analytics tools, uh, also for Counter-Strike and Dota 2 as well. Uh, and lately, I've been continuing. I've been running Oracle's looks the whole time ever since. And I'm also the head of data science for Esports One right now, which is a fantasy platform. I maybe no, this isn't a draft of sponsored episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're awkward. Yeah. We would rather. So we're not sponsored by them right now, but we might be in the future. So we'll we're we'll afraid from promoting uh, sponsors. But uh, you, anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do a lot of things. You do stuff for a fantasy website that operates in the League of Legends space. Also, uh, I don't think Mark even knows this. I only found this out because of people that were either tweeting or YouTube commenting about it, but somebody in the Twitch chat did just say Tim from Loading Ready Run. Is that the that's the name of it, right?
2: That's going further back. Yeah. So Loading Ready Run is a sketch comedy group that does a lot of streaming lately Uh, that was uh, based in a a city I used to live in, and I linked up with those guys for a few years, to do a bunch of online sketch comedy, so. Uh, oh. I have a very Googleable last name, and uh, it won't be hard to find things.
1: Mark, like can you imagine? This was shocking to me because I've always known Tim as just like the numbers nerd that shows up, but apparently he's just, done like, a, a bunch of sketch comedy, yeah. which is not what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I just see Tim as always. I mean, this is this is a cool office. I don't know when you changed from like the kind of like back shot that shows the way in to like the wall that's covered in all your merch. I don't know when that change happened, but I always just saw like you know Tim Tim in the office. That's who I always imagined.
2: Yeah, moved uh, moved a few years ago, and then and uh, built up this kind of office in, in the new house that we bought. So it's definitely been a nice little space to live in.
1: Homeowner, in. by the way uh He's got. He's ahead. Because I'm Canadian. Mark and I am not on in that
0: LA. Uh, <laughs> no, 80... it's because you're rolling in, in the in the sick esports bank of any yes. stupid investor yeah. money. That's what you got to say. So
1: much esports money. uh All right. Well, we did the intro for Tim. So, Mark, how's your week been?
0: Uh, it's been good. Let's go with good. Uh, I I've uh, been working on stuff. Uh, we recorded a, an Oathbringer thing. I read Don Shard. um which was pretty good I'm looking forward to our thing with Brandon Sanderson later this week it's the 12th right? yes
1: it's in yeah, then, literally three days
0: yeah and then I have Scouting Grounds and then I have actually to read Rhythm of War when it comes out so I got a, I got a pretty packed November
1: it's true in fact I have a uh... let's see if I can pull this off I'm going to see if I can't I can't show it but
0: uh... you have a hype trailer because you should make Broden make a hype trailer <laughs>
1: for the brandon sanderson thing
0: yeah if he's not too busy streaming minecraft to ten thousand people
1: oh my god that was tilting <laughs> <laughs> not happy about that um no in fact i just got this made uh everybody it's it's a little it's not it's not dark mode so uh so get ready but yeah uh this is our our this just to promote this i know a lot of you guys don't do um fantasy books. But for those of you that do follow my fantasy book channel, which Mark makes frequent appearances on, uh, Brandon Sanderson is joining Mark and myself and DJ Wheat at one thirty p.m. Pacific on Thursday, November 12th. We're going to do a live interview with him uh, which is actually a really big deal. I mean, even if you guys don't like fantasy stuff, just maybe be happy for Mark and I because this is kind of cool. And then right afterwards we're actually going to also talk to the narrators for the audiobook who Um, I I love the audiobook uh, and Michael Kramer in particular does a ton of his stuff. So it's very exciting. It's going to promote that at the start of this show. Anywho.
0: I don't geek out very much, but when when we start doing that, I'm probably going to be cheesing pretty hard.
1: Yes. In fact, we just filmed uh, the uh, Oathbringer review and recap for the YouTube channel because that's been kind of dead for six weeks while we've been preparing for Worlds. So, or doing Worlds, I guess. So, Uh, yeah. But enough of... The, enough of Tim's story and Mark and my nerd stuff. Let's talk about some real news, which is all the stuff that's happening right now in the off season. Uh, so no
0: one wants to go to TSM. No, no one playing Europe. We it's got, not.
1: It's not my fault. No one wants TSM. Mark. <laughs> Get it? Uh, it's a throwback. Anyway, it's a throwback. Um. So first off, Cody Sun just got released. Uh, as initially reported by ESPN and then confirmed literally when the show was starting, and then um, uh, both uh, ESPN and myself talked today about perks likely going to C9. I will admit ESPN first because I was editing in Premiere like an idiot Wait, rather was than ESPN just
0: ESPN first because aren't they dead? What everyone everyone's leaving ESPN. Jacob, it's just Jacob Wolf. ESPN
1: right? esports is still functioning until January. Which I guess is also news that we should talk about on the show if somebody wants to talk about that. Um and then
0: Ah fuck it. I'm driving traffic to Jacob Wolf over them at this point. Why would I why would we why would we still say, you know?
1: Sure. Uh and then uh the other thing what I'm forgetting about. Uh what was there something else that happened off season wise?
3: yeah
2: I'm totally blanking but it's there like was right a lot there. of right
1: I had right I here. had like a third thing anyway stuff is happening oh the, so then that's what it was uh the TSM drama which is uh a assistant coach for immortals I don't know if he's currently a, an assistant coach for immortals he um is. had like was was I I don't know how it got out but there's a screenshot of him messaging somebody else to say that I'm just going to go ahead and read it um because Lena had put out a tweet talking about how it was really difficult because of COVID and public unrest and that type of th- stuff to recruit EU talent. And, uh, he was saying this individual that Lena was lying and that it's actually that people are not <clears throat> interested in joining TSM because they'd burned bridge and all this stuff. And so anyway, I don't know how it got around. Like this screenshot got out in the first place, but it ended up on the TSM subreddit. Um, and yeah
0: yeah i mean and it's the person who the guy's talking to is cut but he isn't and it's so funny because part of it says like feel free to tweet this and obviously uh mal Eclipse is saying you know share this information tweet, yeah. some other tweet way not, yeah not screenshotting my fucking dms and oh
1: twitch them. chat said that skeleton's twitter got hacked skeleton is one of the uh anonymous twitter accounts that that tweets out off-season rumors so i i don't know if that's true but that's what uh twitter or several people he deleted a bunch
0: of his other messages after he got it i I mean whatever you know it
4: it got hacked
0: is the 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 story right now um so either way and then uh obviously the other part of that that happened was veteran kind of came out and said as someone else who's kind of an insider in the European scene that he's been talking to a lot of EU pros who are facing free agency. And they said of the orgs that they would go to North America to it's team liquid C9 and still TSM. So he was kind of on on the other side of it.
1: So I I mean, I guess we can talk about this now and then, and then maybe we'll take a call or something about it later. Somebody feels like it. I'm somewhere in the middle on this. So I have not heard any evidence or anything about pro players and like veterans, thing kind of even says this too, right? Which is like, Veteran doesn't say, oh, I'm talking to a lot of EU players and they don't wanna to come to NA. He's like, actually they're considering three different teams, TLC9 and TSM. Um, and so my my take is, I do think it is harder, perhaps this year than normal, to try to get EU pros to come over, um, because of, uh, like in general, for years actually, underneath the uh, current administration, soon to be former administration, uh, the it's been difficult to get visas for players. It's gotten diff- more and more difficult. In fact, there's uh, at least one, but I think multiple immigration lawyers that work in the esports space that have talked about this. Um, and so I do think it is more. And I that's somewhat evidence, by the way, in the Brox stuff that happened last year, um, earlier this year, actually. Um, and and so I am, but I haven't heard anything about like pro players not wanting to come over because of. Riding or COVID. So I just haven't heard that. And in fact, like there's going to be several EU pro players who do come over this off season, including Alfari. So I'm somewhere in the middle. All I would say is like, if I was a TSM fan, I wouldn't find it to be a little concerning or not concerning, but perhaps like not, it's not a good sign about how your team is doing in the off season. When you have somebody from the team explaining that it's really difficult to get good talent for the team.
0: Tim
2: you yeah. you want you want to go first I, on I would game, absolutely or? say no that that definitely not a good look right if you're kind of making pre-excuses it's like oh like that what what you could start to feel or get across that is like oh we we think the fans aren't going to be happy with the roster we got so we're kind of like making excuses in advance but they, that's reading pretty deep into it yeah uh and i believe lena made another tweet later she's like oh i was just talking about general political you know environment and, and you know in covid environment stuff i wasn't like specifically i don't know like trying to backtrack a little maybe it's hard to say uh but yeah, yeah i don't think it's a good look
0: yeah because i mean if you're just like in negotiation with someone and like going back and forth and they're like how bad is covid over there you know like that's is to, to her point you know that's another Thing that you need to talk about if 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 a pro, pro player is like that or their parents are concerned, and sure. same with the the political climate. So like, yes, I I don't think I mean it's a little extreme to say she's lying. Uh, whether or not these are pre excuses or not is, is another category. This is one of those things where like, man, I just don't think I have it. There's a take here to really have. I, it just seems like a whole kind of lot of a nothing. Well, when you so- really...
1: I I will read because Twitch chat pointed this out. I did not see that she had had a follow-up tweet. She said, I've been commenting about U.S. politics because of the election recently, and my vague tweet isn't even about us, just how politics affect different areas of life. Okay, so if that is the case, and it's not about TSM, then I am less concerned about uh, about TSM's off-season stuff. And I will say, like, I mean, we've talked previously on the show about the whole idea of, like, keep politics out of esports is a very strange thing to say because politics are frequently impacting esports. Anywho,
2: yeah. And, and again, I don't I don't I don't know that we can completely take it on face value that that second tweet is like, oh, and that's totally legit. she actually, you know, it could be an intentional walk back and trying to distance herself and maybe it was a little bit of actually, you know, she's just trying to to cover herself a little. So it's hard to say uh, yeah. looking at that, really, I, I think the main take I have on this is, is, you know, we all say stuff behind closed doors that we wouldn't say publicly. And I think that's pretty normal. Um, you know, you do have to be careful cause it's always a chance that that stuff does get out. But you know, uh, there's, there's a little bit of that where, where I think you can, you don't have to go too pitchforky with this one. In my opinion, I think it's pretty rough, but it just, it, it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth that that's that's, that's the DM like that can get screenshotted and thrown out there. Like, Oh, it yes. just feels bad, man.
1: Not great. Anyway. So we've talked about that. Is there anything else we should talk about before we get into calls? Uh, I guess I would say um, if you're if you're listening to the version the audio version of this or watching this on YouTube, you can go look at the video. I have a dedicated video on the channel about the perk stuff. So we're just going to assume that people have heard about that. We're not going to necessarily go into crazy like depth about it.
0: Those those rumors have been around, and maybe not yes. C9 specifically, with some of the numbers that have been thrown around now. But at least for a while, people have been talking about. It sounds like you know Perks is considering leaving, and this yeah. is just like a strong like the strongest version of that so far
1: yeah
2: yeah i've been saying up until even a couple of days ago like yeah i know i can't possibly see perks coming to na i couldn't get myself there and then i was getting these reactions like
5: yeah but uh, I, I can't
2: really talk about it i'm like oh man i mean huh? i as i said in the video yeah. i heard
1: about this while g2 was competing at worlds so like it's been it's this is not some random thing that has sprung up in the past couple of days like it is It has been a longstanding, uh, rumor for several weeks. Um, so anyway, uh, wait, oh, the one other thing is scouting grounds is coming up. Tim, what are you doing? You're doing some stuff at scouting grounds. What's, what are you doing?
2: Yeah, so I've uh, I, I've been involved with uh, the official analytics partnership with uh, Scouting Grounds, uh, involved through through Mobalytics, and, and the, they have a port- a portal like a, a website where you can see all about the players that are involved, a lot of background on them, some questionnaires that ride administered, and stats and stuff. And we also did a full set of power rankings for the players, so I contributed my set of power rankings. Uh, Pastry time did one, and then Mobalytics kind of generated some statistical ones or like AI based ones, uh, and then kind of aggregated those all together uh so that's been a ton of fun kind of digging into that amateur scene that i hadn't really been deep into before and, and learning about all the players coming up with who i think is going to be best and and uh starting you know the event started today with like the first like scrim days for all the teams and the first matches are tomorrow so yeah, i'm really excited about the event uh i think we've got um probably the best set of overall talent at this event that any of the scouting grounds have had in my opinion uh but going in you know not necessarily if you look back on it afterwards maybe it won't turn out that way but you know there have been a couple pretty good years in the past. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's some really exciting players to watch. Um, it, I think people are more, much more excited about the LCS level than they are about the amateur level and skating grounds and so on. But I think it's it's getting more and more hype, and the event is really awesome. And I hope lots of people pay attention to it.
1: slash blog By the way, if you want to go check this out, Mobalytics, uh, former sponsor of a lot of my content, love Amin and the folks over there. So I'm happy to see that they're getting to do some more cool stuff with Riot and with no, Tim. For sure.
0: Are they doing another draft this year, Tim? I I'm working it, but I have been pretty disconnected until I mean we're going to have prep meetings this week, so I haven't really dug into it. Dug into it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So the basic format is they are doing uh so like a a double round robin, I think technically triple round robin. Uh, so they they do each team plays one best of three on Tuesday, two best of threes Wednesday, one best of three Thursday, two best of threes Friday, and then Saturday is like a third place match and a finals and then within the 2 hours after the finals there's going to be a draft where the a 10 a 10 player draft each team gets to pick one player nice. and uh they get like a an exclusive negotiation window which basically the same they've done before
1: yeah um i might do a separate video on this but i'll just say if you are if you, uh, whenever this perk stuff comes out, or whenever the Alfari stuff or the Jensen resigning stuff comes out, everybody in the Reddit comments and the YouTube comments and stuff—they all say. Well, a bunch of people say, "Oh, I can't believe what. they said that." Na was going to try and work on growing talent and find all these rookies and stuff. I'm like, guys, off season never leads with like. All right, yeah, perks and Alfari and Jensen are on the table, Poe Santorin, but let's f- ignore those guys and rush to find some rookies like. Rookies are who you bring in to fill in the sides of your team. So I would not. You can do both. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's not, it's not like because teams are interested in perks, that doesn't mean that they're not interested in like picking up a rookie. I also really hope we never get to a point where LCS is like turning down the opportunity to get Alfari and perks into the region because they're like, no, no, this untested solo queue superstar is someone we got to bring in to the, the team.
2: Well, and it's not going to lead the headlines either, right? Right. You yes. know, the and unless it's like a, a fun here. situation, which isn't quite yeah. the same. But. The
1: headlines or the rumor mill. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. it's not like people are be like, yo, did you hear that they're going to pick up this, like, rookie and pay him minimum salary? That's, that's actually, sick.
0: I'm surprised. Well, maybe they do. And I'm just naive. But, like, if I was a team GM, I would, like, put out feelers to all the most ridiculous options I could. And then, like leak to to you and jacob wolf or hmm. like have have someone else do it that like i'm chasing all this talent to get all this hype around my team even though there's no fucking and then
1: just let any it any, all maybe, down later
0: i mean i'd rather let down hype i generated than never generate any like half the teams in the league are doing
1: uh, okay anyway there's no downside uh by <laughs> the way i forgot to mention at the start of the show let's just pretend it's still the start of the show sponsored by Alienware. Thank you. we'll talk more about them during the break uh, anywho, let's get into the calls. Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? For yeah, who I don't think ever watches it?
0: I've actually don't know if we did one last week. We might start skipping them. Uh, so this is a live call and show. If you've never seen it before, you have to join up the Discord link, which I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. When you join up, go ahead and join one of the voice channels, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Mute your microphone once you're in there. Please don't mouth breathe into other users. And then above that, there are text channels for Pleb Topics and Sub Topics you're going to put your take in there. Uh, you know, We say take because we prefer it that way as a type of, hey, I think C9 grabbing perks would actually be terrible because blah, 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 blah. And you know, if we like that and we're interested, uh, we'll try and pull it. One thing we started experimenting with is if you want to react to other people's messages that you think are good takes, that can help me scan a little bit faster and because and, it can get a little busy in there. I think we, uh, questions are also more okay this time around with Tim. If you have some questions, I think even about getting notice in the industry and, you know, finding finding ways in and what what his kind of work is like. I think there you know, we can take some more Tim specific questions as well. Um anyways, if I like your take, I'll pull you into the waiting room. Once you're there, you'll hang out until uh it's your turn to come on. I'll do a quick mic check with you and assuming everything goes well, you'll be on air talking with us at some point.
1: And if you are a sub, first off thank you for being a sub. Uh, it looks like Key King just gave out 10 gifted subs, so teaching? that's awesome. No. Yeah, not, not your, not teaching, uh, a- yeah, yeah, not the Genshin Impact Girl, but somebody who's, anyway, thank you for the 10 gifted subs. That's awesome. We try to shout out everybody's uh names, but if you are sub, make sure you check out the subtopics channel where no promises, no guarantees. If you have a bad take, you're not going to get on, but it does move a little slower than the pleb topics channel. We do pull from both. So it gives you a bit of a, a better chance to get in on the show. Uh and with that, I think we are ready. By the way, I see a lot of famous people in the chat, which always ends up happening whenever we are uh doing the show. Wow, so many subs, uh or so many so many folks. I see Jackson from 100 T, Fudge, Cloud Nine, Danon, Golden Glue, my financial advisor. This, Drew is, Star,
0: this is because what is it? tomorrow's the start of the new season, right? Is it tomorrow? Or is,
1: uh, or is yes. it just
0: ends tonight?
1: I think it. well night? it ends tonight, so yeah.
0: What are you guys fucking doing? Get your, or maybe maybe you can't get any higher. I don't know.
1: Tactic, tacticals in here. Are you uh, just looking
0: at the, the viewer list right now? I'm looking at
1: the viewer list of yeah, people who are, are mods uh, pulling out the oh. people in there that are notable.
0: And I just got three different things. Someone said Wednesday. It ended already. It ends at midnight. What?
1: Who knows? Nobody knows.
0: No one knows. Either way. I have no idea. Everyone's, everyone's bored the off-season.
1: It's true. It's Okay. K- no K- K- kicking just gives <laughs> us sub to golden glue go c- grab some callers mark
0: i have callers
1: okay wait in the chat right now in the call
0: go fuck yourself
1: okay <laughs> okay go go jesus so aggressive uh disturbed frog they you the prime ready the Croc, tamumba uh random man 93 dairy cat <clears throat> zero limits gk uh ben Jean, it's nitz it's not slays MF voodoo 24 ya boy graph Zark angstrom vexed shinobi Fidencio, wicked blaze GG Uxso thank you for the prime aqua oh geez so many people aquatic banana perchy 99 sir j Bach. I think I think we're caught up oh a couple of people just subbed burgle 111 Xerthon. Waiting on Mark. Why is Mark taking so long? Get in here. Razor twenty-eight, Blue Snake three-five-three. Give me, give me all your primes, please. <laughs> give me all your primes. I want to spend a ton of money to do a very special project um, that is unsponsored. So, uh, but I think it will be very, very funny. I got the idea about it. I was talking to about it today. So I'm seeking funding. Um, Tim, Mark has taken forever. How are you?
2: i'm doing well i'm doing i'm doing really well today was a long busy day but a good one you're
1: working uh, on you run know, it
2: start of, yeah working on run it stuff the start of scouting grounds trying to make sure all of that's uh all of that's prepped so nice yeah it's been a fun time
1: well red factor three is here red where are you calling from
6: i am calling from new york city
1: new york city how's new york doing
6: actually pretty great uh we got a handle on the rona and we uh, were celebrating <laughs> weekend. Nice. Um, Wait,
1: did it? Is it snowing there I yet? Was... <laughs> no. Okay. It's. I mean, it's snowing in parts of the country. It got really cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
6: Yeah. So my take was that as a hundred thieves fan, I would rather they not even try to compete for perks, even if he wasn't preferring C nine. Uh, I'd rather they pick up Nisky, Poe, or some unproven talent. Like, granted, I don't keep a pulse on like the pro stats of good mid laners coming up but that's just my take as a as an observer why uh yeah so in poker terms i feel like going for perks would be a poor bankroll management uh we already know how long it's taken for hundred thieves to recover from their last like deep pocket grab uh with bang like i i would even say they haven't even recovered from that and on top of that perks is such a big personality that um they would see a failure as more on Hundred Thieves' part than on perks themselves. So it's I think too it's, just it's too like,
1: risky. You're saying like you you exactly. either if you get perks you have no excuses.
6: Yeah, and I feel like we don't have like the way I see successful teams forming is you know they slowly pick up the pieces to like a cohesive team. And I don't feel like Hundred Thieves is there yet. We need like that star player that makes our good baseline. Sadly, I don't think someday is that he's really good. But I don't think he's that like consistent piece to make your machine work, right? Like Perks was the baseline for G2. And now you're thinking of throwing him into Hundred Thieves as like, oh, this is this is what's gonna get us to that next level. But we're still hitting like eight, seven, six. We're not even at the peak yet. So you're trying okay. to eat too fast. I
0: just gotta say, I, I love Twitch chat being so hot and cold on this thing. Some love it and some hate it. So this is a a divisive one
1: so i will say one thing i hadn't really thought about but if you are a gm the perks pickup is gotta be really fucking scary because you are if okay if you convince somebody to go give g2 a bajillion dollars which is i believe what the official ranking is up to now um uh, and then you get perks and then you don't do well you don't win you don't get up to the top you don't make you know a ton of progress that's that's not going to be good for your career uh, I guess <laughs> I would say whereas if you pick up like a Niski or something like that and you place like okay then you're like oh you know we we did pretty well <laughs> it sounds like I'm shitting on Niski I think he's in the chat I'm not shitting on Niski I'm just saying like you perhaps the cost although Jack I think will probably let's say actually this is a very funny thing uh, think about the fact that like 100T might want perks. C9 wants perks. If you don't get perks, you now have to fund C9's... And you get Nisky. You now have to fund C9's purchase of perks, which is kind of a funny way of going, how that no, no, works the out. Way, the
6: way you go about it is you argue that Nisky's trending down, right? Because C9 ended on a down slump. And I would be really excited for a Nisky pickup, actually, because... Contracts was seen as the like OG blabber before he his fall from Grace. Uh, but like that would be really cool because Niski's already used to playing with blabber, right? Okay, it fell off at the end, but you know, let's give it another shot with another player. And then that gives you more budget to play around elsewhere.
1: So before I throw in a mark, Tim, you've been doing some of these streams where you play you you role play a GM for a team. Have you done a hundred T GM stream yet? Yep.
2: Yeah, and and that was before, you know, the most the, the news like very, very recent news that that they're releasing Cody's Son. But, you know, the the number one thing I was looking at, always looking at 100 Thieves, is you've got someday, you've got contracts. Those are two really good pieces that I think you can work with. You've got Poom, who, you know, didn't do that well on stage, but had so little opportunity to grow into it. And I think, you know, they the org show that they have a lot of confidence in him and his ability to grow into that role. So, you know, I think it would be reasonable for them to replace Boom, it would be reasonable for them to run with him and say, no, he's we think we're gonna give him at least, you know, a bunch more time to to try that. And it really was about the mid lane to me. And now it's about mid lane and bot. And whether you're gonna bring in someone like like leaving aside the question of money for a second, if you bring in someone like perks, I think that's an amazing thing for this team, you know, if you if you don't think about what it's gonna cost to acquire him, uh the thing that I really want to see for them and that I wanted for years is a really strong laning mid who can apply a lot of pressure because that relieves a lot from Someday. Someday is a player who he can carry really hard, but he's also like this phenomenal tank and just like such solid uh, fundamentals. And he has been on these lineups where he can't use that versatility. It's like, well, Someday kind of has to be the carry because he's been on teams with with bot lanes and mid lanes that aren't that lane dominant, that either, you know, tend to kind of go even and want to play for the late game or they're just, you know, maybe a little bit below average in, in their laning in general. And so that puts a ton of pressure on him to be the laning pressure point. And now it kind of pigeonholes him into a certain playstyle. So I've really wanted them to pick up a mid laner who can who can be that that kind of anchor in the in, in the mid lane, especially in the laning phase. And perks could absolutely be that. Where it's potentially a bit of an issue is, you know, if you're gonna have to spend four or five million dollars for it. And and now, you know, what else, you know, can you really justify that relative to what you could get for a lot less investment? That's, that's where it hangs up to me. And and I do see this, I think it's a very valid point that if you bring in perks and you don't win a title with it and you spent all this money for it, like now what, right? Like, but in terms of an actual competitive, like slotting him in competitively, I think it'd be incredible.
1: I, I love, mean, sorry, just to interrupt this conversation. I love Mark picks up his animal it sits in his lap, and then I just, there's stream delay, but I'm just like, here we go. Nightbot <laughs> is about to just start nuking, and Nightbot <laughs> just goes to town. The whole Twitch chat just becomes timeout, 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 timeout. It's great.
0: Anyway, uh, sorry, all continue. Right, everyone. I was going to say, I think I would have to give Papa Smithy and the other GMs who are courting um, Uh, you know, perks some of the benefit of the doubt that they're not going to ruin their bankroll on signing him, and then end up with like scraps for bot lane and jungle or something in Hundred Thieves' case because they have, I think, only um uh someday as like the definitive starter. Uh, so like assuming that they don't end up in that situation, I think you know you can potentially look at Johnson because it sounds like Dig was was looking to move him around a little bit, like. Mm um i i think that you can maybe find a weak side bot lane to play strong at to the top mm-hmm. which is something that people have been saying about someday forever i've been saying it forever i think he should yep. be playing strong side and hopefully with a competent jungler and perks you can actually play that way because perks is, is really good about playing the map uh, and 131 one and stuff like that um so you know that's something that i think other than Ryu, way back with 100 Thieves, I don't think that their mid lane position has ever been yeah. great. Uh, so th- that would be really cool. But
2: especially like, I, I really think it's especially in lane,
0: like right, like, like yeah. you look at,
2: at Ryoma and I think the, the really big question mark for him was, could he, could he, you know, push lane matchups really hard and then step out of his lane and affect the rest of the map and like be this like pressure point, right? I think he was, we, the best we saw from Ryoma was when he could kind of get into the mid and late game and team fight and and kind of do the kind of the control mage thing but he was not the guy who's going to come and like apply you know take turret plates and and force enemy jungle attention all that kind of stuff it wasn't the right profile of player for that team to me
1: okay but to the caller's point like let's set aside money which you can't set aside in a real world but just like let's set aside money the caller thinks they shouldn't get perks they should get Nisky or poe if you guys are gms of 100t and you have the option of getting all three any of the three of these which one do you choose?
0: I think it's the perks no matter what. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> else aside, you know, like, no offense to those guys, but, like, you're talking about arguably the greatest Western player of all time joining your org, not even on just a talent level. Like, you know, when you start factoring in how incredible uh, of, a, of a following, how big of a move this is,
6: I don't think it's close. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree, but that's kind of strawmanning me a little bit there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> you, said, um, you said you hope they don't get them.
6: I do, I do, because it's not as it's not a vacuum where it's like, oh, we have all these three and we get whichever one, right? Um, it's you have less bankroll for your other positions. You're not a well-oiled oil machine yet, and if you fail after picking up perks, I think that's just disastrous for the org. Uh, I'd rather them like shore up everything else. Like we don't even have an ADC right now. I would rather like I'd rather see a perks pickup if we were like four, like four, a fourth place team, and we're like, all right, let's shoot. For first, let's shoot for going to worlds. I don't want to see perks, we're a sixth place team, <laughs> let's shoot for third you don't second. want the NA ruined like,
0: perks it. narrative for, for yeah. forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That
6: that won't just be a bad bankroll. Like we will lose like a lot of fan favor after that.
0: Alright, Travis, blow blow it.
1: <clears throat> Thank you to Kyle Zero Eight Zero Eight for gifting a hundred subs in the middle of Red's speech. My apologies to Red, but when somebody drops five hundred dollars on this channel all at once i have to interrupt
0: he has to interrupt and say thank you daddy
1: holy mackerel anyway uh well i'll get to that back to that later anyway let's let's round out this conversation so uh, i mean mark tim do you you, yes or no on on red stuff just to kind of put a cap on all this
2: in general i agree with it i think i think that's if it's five million dollars I go uh, okay. I'm gonna probably look somewhere else. If it's 1.5 or maybe even two million, then I'm then I'm talking. You know, then I'm saying yeah. I'm 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 in on this conversation. Uh, but I, I think there is a a lot of kind of the the cost benefit ratio is is not great up in those kind of four or five million dollar range.
0: I think you would have to be able to play. The game that the NBA kind of plays, where it's like we got this guy, so all you other people who are still deciding, come here.
1: Because uh, yeah.
0: if you're a wild turtle level player or something like that, and you're looking at free agency and perks goes to hundred thieves, you might go, all right, hundred thieves, that sounds pretty good to me. And I think that that part, assuming that you can get those level players still with your bankroll i, th- I think that's an added b- benefit to getting a superstar like perks
1: that's actually so true because we for a very long time tsm had a huge advantage in that they could spend less because people wanted to play with bjergsen so if you get perks you now get the tsm advantage so i actually didn't even think about that really good point mark
0: because I see people in Twitch and be like wow uh, you won't want turtle with perks I'm like dude the turtle just made worlds mm-hmm. playing mostly weak side bot lane with a roaming support like they, if, if the team as you're building it is perks and someday are your carries he's like I would think I'd be happy the, with I'd
2: be, Co- I'd be fine with Cody Sun in that lineup
0: uh, he's gone though dun, yeah, dun, dun. but if they had
2: if he wasn't gone like I'd be fine with that <laughs> that roster would still be really good
6: yeah
1: Anywho, thank you so much red anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller
6: Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show shout out to alienware uh it's uh you know end of november coming up time to pick up a new laptop so
1: god i love this show thank you so much red anywho uh i've been saying anywho a lot tonight i just want to say i think carlos should stop talking to all these na teams and they should talk to kyle 0808 um so that because he's the one who could afford to this this buyout clearly by the fact that he's just randomly dropping a hundred tier one subs into my chat. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Is like a bingo word that we hit that, that got that. I,
1: I don't know. I don't, it's, it was out of nowhere. TCT. Thank you for the prime. Uh, chef daddy 93. Thank you for the <laughs> nine months. Toxic and aspect. <laughs> gift us up to Sa- sap game or girlfriend. Mark, are you going to go grab the next color? Are you just laugh. <laughs>
5: I'm laughing at you. Read chef daddy and stuff.
1: Chef daddy 93. Subscribe for nine months uh, Amory thank you for the three months Blue Snake, razor Xerthon, Burgle okay, where are we at now? Did I steal your joke ghost i didn't see i didn't mean to I didn't mean to do that uh Tim, are you still doing those streams where you, you gm can people come check them out?
2: Uh, I have gone through the the teams at this point i'm going to probably do a lot more reactionary stuff now because the news is really starting to come out at a much higher pace now so it's going to be it'll probably more like once the rosters are starting to settle in it'll more like do i think they did a good job and what would i have done a little more of that but yeah be a lot more of that kind of talk
1: yeah Wafflefoot, where are you calling from
5: i'm calling from sunny santa monica now
1: oh where were you before
5: I was in Dallas, Texas, but now that I work for Riot, I had to move to Santa Monica.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let's keep, let's keep you anonymous because I don't want... I think, I think uh, Riot people have to uh, usually go through some sort of training before they get on the show because we, we trick them and, and sneak them on. Uh, congratulations on the new gig. What do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Uh, I actually wanted to talk about the new LCS format and how I feel that it is going to either destroy the bottom two teams in the league or force them to take bigger risks on newer players more frequently in an attempt to stay relevant in the league. Nobody's gonna no organization is gonna survive a four and thirty six record at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, I didn't
0: think about how bad it could be and it sounds so fucking bad.
1: <clears throat> so we definitely need to keep you anonymous now because if you're calling in to criticize the format, uh, I, I don't not, I don't want no, you to have to go I back think to it's Dallas. A cr-
0: He's I just think it's a great the great effect format. of it, right?
1: Um yeah, so we actually didn't talk about this, but I think after it was after the it was last week, right, that I released the the video on what the new format's yeah. gonna look like. Okay, yeah, we can take calls about the new format too. Holy crap. I love when I just forget my own news that I have broken uh at the top of the show. I guess there's been so much I to hit today that it's it's easy to forget.
2: There, there's, yeah, there's just so much of it. It's like having kids. By the time you hit your third one, you can't remember anything about the first. <laughs>
1: That's a father saying that, by the way. I just want to put okay. that out there.
0: Tim, how many kids do you four. have? I, was I have saying, four. I yeah, just I thought you had more than. And three.
2: whenever I have to call one of their names, it takes at least three tries.
0: <sighs> Why don't you just go by numbers, like what?
2: One... <laughs> oh no, it would be the it would be the same thing. Like I'm talking to three, one, oh, two. It would be it's it's a thing.
1: I'm it's learning generic. so much about Tim. Okay, anyway, so, um. Everybody, I'm just gonna assume everybody knows about the format changes. If not, go watch my video about the format changes. It'll explain everything. Uh, so, Waffle, uh, is your main arg- Do you have anything you want to add, or is your main argument just basically like you you have to find some results because barely winning anything over the course of a full year is gonna look so terrible?
5: That's more or less the argument that I have. It's just. We've had so many teams historically, like the 0 and eighteen Coast and things like that, or CLG only picking up a handful of wins uh, in Spring Split. Uh, you know, uh, teams can't continue to do that at the bottom of the char- at the bottom of the table, uh, if they want to stay relevant in the league, uh, because that that massively terrible record uh, will make a huge impact on their ability to get additional players in the future and actually strive for the top of the league like they should be doing. Uh, and, so I just think that it's you know an interesting position for them to be in.
0: And I even think just like let's say there's a team that go that would have gone six and twelve and six and twelve in the old format. At least you have that like reset point to not even just make moves, but just like reset some fan hopes. Like okay, bad start to the split. Let's go again. And then maybe you start three and three or whatever, like CLG did, and or when they were four and two, and you know it feels a little bit better when you go on a random four game run halfway through the season, after being whatever they were like three and 13, that four game run suddenly doesn't feel like shit. (laughs) Exactly. You know, like it doesn't feel as impactful as it might after a record reset that happened, in the old one. So, um, you know, the waffle foot's point to have a better feeling summer. It must almost be a more extreme turnaround than previously was required because you have the baggage.
2: So I think some of the comfort level people might have with the relative value of each individual game might depend on which sports they're most used to or most comfortable with growing up. And as a Canadian, I my my initial analogies always end up being the NHL. 82 game regular season, NBA is the same thing though. Like they very, very, almost the identical formats overall. Uh, you start off with these games in October that feel like they don't mean a whole lot, but they count for just the same amount. By the time you go on a four game, five game winning streak in March or April, I've never looked at that and seen, oh, this, these don't feel like a big deal or a big turnaround. I, I, I'd say experiential, like in isolation as an idea, I can see that making sense, that it, that it doesn't feel like as big a deal, but, but as, as an actual experience of being a fan of those sports, uh, that's never been something I've actually come up with, honestly.
0: Yeah, because I, I watch a lot of NBA, and I think for me, when a team goes on a five-game win streak that I'm not a fan of, and they weren't really in contention before, I usually don't think of it as a big deal. But if I am a fan of the team, maybe maybe you're right that it's, it it's different for a fan than it is for just the general league observer.
1: Yeah, I am uh, kind of curious to see how this plays out because I am not a traditional sports fan by any means, and so I don't have this kind of experience of seeing it. I mean, my biggest concern with this format has been when it's week nine of spring... <laughs> I, does it feel meaningless? You know, does it not feel like, okay, cool. Like we kind of know these teams <laughs> the are good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, very fun. And now we've got another, how everybody weeks to go, you know, it, I think it does help that there's still the MSI tournament that will happen yeah. uh, towards the end of spring, because that will build some hype on like who can go. Um, so, but uh, thank God that that exists. Cause if not, I think I would have a, a real tough time with it, especially going from, you know, you so, know, I don't know if traditional sports have ever had this kind of like split format and then they merge later, but I think going from a world where like you have two essentially two months of games and then things get really spicy and then you get to do that again, I think is quite nice. And so I'm just I'm super curious to see how this plays out from an experience standpoint. But to also, the caller's point, I don't to Yeah, to the caller's point, I I don't know. I mean
0: Well, I think at the very least, like it puts more pressure on people to seriously build their roster well early. And if you are one of these, like, if you're like four and 20, there's no hope, you know, at that point, right? There's no hope. So go, go actually use your Academy system and and really give them some good reps, which teams were starting to do a little bit more in summer, but you know, not, not seriously.
2: And, and I think, There are a couple of layers in this. Like one is being the fan of a pro sports team, you know, in traditional sports. And when they get towards the last month of their season, you know, they've got no chance of making the playoffs and you do find other things. I think there's a little bit of storytelling responsibility that you find other things to be excited about. Like, they do give their young players more time you know in these a lot of these you'll have a trade deadline and the team is like oh we're not gonna make playoffs we'll trade our veterans for some draft picks or something and now the young players get a bigger role and you just get excited about we're gonna lose the games but if our young guys score some goals maybe that's hype or whatever it is uh so that that's one thing that can happen with it uh another thing is i don't know that it's necessarily such a big deal if you do have a team that happens to win just a few games in the season that is kind of a reverse hype scenario, actually. Uh, what was it, the Shanghai Dragons that had a whole winless like forty game, forty match season in, in Overwatch League? Yeah. People loved that, didn't they? Didn't did they, they love it? Or was
0: it like you wanted to watch the world burn kind of thing? Well exactly, so you... right? Like you people, people loved anything. it, like they loved watching a train wreck,
2: right? Like it was like it was did they watch I'm pretty did sure they people just... tuned in to see if they could keep losing.
0: Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Maybe I, maybe they... I'm wrong. Maybe they just like the headline. I don't know if they actually like watching it. But that might be true of the entire now, I
1: were didn't these watch real any Overwatch. Any people that I didn't tuned in, or were Overwatch, these just so. embedded views in the Blizzard client? Is my question. <laughs> um, the robots spent less,
0: they spent fans. less money on advertising. During I, here,
1: here's the point actually that I I just realized. People don't give a shit about Immortals when they lose a shit ton. Will people give less of a shit about Immortals when they lose even more? Like <laughs> we always have I mean... terrible teams, and so just having them be terrible for longer i don't even know if at that point in time it matters it's like people are just gonna shit on them regardless
0: but i think in that vein i i do think people cared i i think people were really upset about immortals and like what was going on with their roster those first couple of weeks and like the lack of communication and, and some of those things you know like i i do think people care so i i don't agree with 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 that They're mm-hmm. Like oh they didn't care in the first place. Why would they care now? I think...
1: I just think they might care, like, they might care equally about, like, as in... Uh, people don't really care about these bottom-tier teams generally. They like to say, wow, these teams are shit. I think they will continue to say, wow, these teams are shit. It's not going to become, like, a, a way worse experience if if anything. It'll just make them more memeable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, agree. I agree. It'll make them more memeable, but I think... I mean, I don't know. This is our first time going through this whenever this is, you know, but like I would expect that it's harder maybe to make moves when you have this one continuous season. Maybe it's not. Um, And so like if you are poopy in the, in spring, your summer feels way worse than if you were previously bad in spring. And so there's more of an onus. You don't get a fresh start. Right, so I think if you're a a bad org, you know one of these teams that is six, seven, six, seven, whatever both 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 splits or you know even worse than that, it feels a lot worse now when you don't get get
5: the the, the thing
1: when you, you don't, don't get said. the thing exactly yeah, well said, done. uh waffle, any thoughts on anything we've said?
5: Yeah, I mean, some of the biggest things that I would be worried about in this uh the two biggest things would be one if you're on a team that is four and twenty uh you know 420 haha uh but uh if you're on the team that's four and 20 and how is your mental going to hold up in that like as a player these players you know go oh three you know lose three weeks in a row and they can go mental boom from that so if yeah. you're on a team that's four and 20 how are you going to recover from that
1: it's way worse than being on a team that's six and nine that's for exactly. sure. Exactly.
5: Uh, But then the other thing, other point is how long uh, are investors going to be interested in a team if they hit, uh, when you look at, oh, they were five and 13. Okay, well, we can do some rebuilding and we can do that and we can come back, come back around on that in summer. When you get to the end of summer and it's, oh, they were eight and 42. Uh, That's not acceptable. How long do they hold off or how long do they keep investing in a team? Uh, when their performance is like that?
1: I, I think it, I mean, traditional sports owners have invest, continue to invest in teams that are terrible and always think that they'll be able to turn it around. So I don't know. We'll see. Mark, you looked like you were going to say something.
0: I forget. Did eight or 16 teams make the playoffs now with the extended season?
1: Uh, it, Eight? Are you saying eight or six?
0: Yeah, sorry, eight or six teams.
1: I do not know. I think it's six for the MSI one, is I believe what I've heard. I don't know how it works for...
0: I would hope we don't saying. play 54 yeah. fucking games for 80% of the league to make yes. the cutoff.
1: The problem is, don't you need the the team, the uh, eight teams in order to do a clean double elimination tournament no. which i thought people yeah. liked you could do double L yeah. M easily with the six
0: europe's brackets double L six teams okay well Would whatever you into the bottom i mean i'm not saying you have to copy it exactly but there's there's a it's a variety of ways you can you can make it
1: work waffle anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller
5: no just thank you guys for all that you do uh shout out to alienware obviously a fantastic sponsor of the of the show and I look forward to hearing more from you guys over the next few months
1: yeah thank you so much have a good one Mark, actually, why don't we, speaking of Alienware, take a quick break, because I just noticed the time.
0: Time <clears throat> flies when you're with Tim.
1: That's true. We have, th- we have more viewers than ever, I think, in part because of Tim.
0: I already oh, made that joke on Twitter.
1: It. I didn't see it. I'm going to go and take a look right now. Um, <clears throat> I don't see it. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Alienware. Alienware now officially has, I've been teasing these for a little bit. I mean, teasing, I think they'd already been announced, but, you know, whatever, it's fine. Um... Let me go pull them up on my computer. I don't have the ability to show them on the screen at the moment, but you guys can go take a look at these. Alienware.com Travis. Uh, go there and then click around and you'll be able to get to them. They now have, they now have, I thought that they were up. If not, they're almost going to be up any minute. They a uh, 360 Hertz refresh rate monitor. A, uh, oh yeah, they do. I think the, the 34. Um, inch curved, actually, maybe it's even, I think they have a 38 coming soon, but anyway, they've got three new amazing monitors that are hitting the site very, very soon. If they're not already up in your region and, uh, just fantastic, awesome monitors. Um, actually shroud, I might've mentioned this last stream, but shroud was doing a stream. Uh, you could go find the clips of him just reacting to playing on these incredibly high refresh rate monitors. Um, and he was playing Valorant, I think, and just was like going crazy about it. So, uh, I'm just super excited about them. I'm definitely going to try to get my hands on at least one or two of these uh, as as they're they're hitting the site any day now. I'm very excited about those monitors. Also, will say that Black Friday deals are coming up soon. I know that they've already been doing some stuff. I think if you're an Alienware Arena member, you might have gotten an email about it. Uh, but they've been doing some like pre Black Friday deals going on and this is of course on top of the fact that they now have 3080 and 3090 systems on here. Let me actually see I don't know if they have 3070s available just yet. Uh I don't see them yet on the site, but um those I know will hopefully be coming very soon as well. So uh just a whole bunch of cool stuff hitting the alienware site right now. And uh I'm I'm pretty excited about it. So either way go check them out alienware.com travis and use code I was 10 off Q4. No longer Q3, now Q4. Oh, uh, they are on the site. Uh, Yo Woosa, who works at Alienware, is in the Twitch chat coming through with the save. I wasn't able to... Uh, Well, I'll message you about this later, David, because I I couldn't find them through the main page. But, uh, yeah, now up the uh, 25-inch 360-hertz refresh rate monitor with NVIDIA Reflex Latency Analyzer, which is also really cool, some new technology that... uh, Nvidia came out with that's now being integrated into some of these Alienware products. So either way, uh, so excited about this stuff. Yeah, 27-inch lightning fast 20, 240 hertz refresh rate. Oh, man. Awesome stuff coming out from Alienware. So thank you so much to them for sponsoring the show, and uh, we will continue to talk about Alienware over the next couple of weeks as we get some great deals coming in for Black Friday. Looks like our next guest is here right now. Uh, WH Pieman, where are you calling from?
7: Hi, I'm Colin from New Jersey.
1: New Jersey. What do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Uh, So my take is that it's important to recognize that there will always be a 10th place team in the LCS, but it's not healthy for the league for any org to hold that spot consistently over such a long period of time. Uh, Unfortunately, looking at CLG.
1: (laughs) There it is. Okay, they've not held 10th for, like, they they win... they get higher than 10th sometimes, right? Like 9th. Yeah.
7: Yeah, and consistently unimpressive over the last two and a half years.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, I was, it was a meme. Uh, what, was Mark, Mark, it. Mark is it so time?
1: Funny. I feel like on some of these takes, you know, we've, this is, we've had before uh, the CLG haters um, or CLG disappointed callers call in. Are we, is there a cooldown up on CLG stuff?
0: I feel like we haven't talked about CLG in a while right did have i have i violated the
1: no i mean usually we wait like it's when they are losing a shit ton that we uh
0: well so to be fair there's also a component of this take that i'm excited to talk about that's not just shitting on clg which is kind of the first half about they're always being a 10th place team and i think sometimes league fans lose sight of that but we, we can get into that first and maybe start with CLG before broadening out. I don't know what the, what the call for to
1: start with. Sure. Um, right. go ahead. Uh, i uh,
7: I've got sort of two aspects to the, the health of the league part. Uh, sure. and then the, uh, I've really only got one answer for CLG. I'm afraid. Um, what, whichever you guys want to start with.
1: Yeah. Uh, go, go for the first one first.
7: Uh, so regarding the health of the league, I think, uh, Players, uh, and personally as a competitor, uh, I I always feel like it's important, even if you win or lose, to not come in last. And as long as you think that you can't come in last, you're more lax and uh, accepting of your losses. And as long as there's a team that's reliably coming in 10th, even players on 9th place teams might not uh, be feeling that same heat to improve.
1: Uh, Mark, you, I saw you in Twitch chat. You said you wanted to say something. I don't know if that's in relation oh, to the well, point Man just made or if it's something else. It's,
0: it's a slight comment on it because I think the 10th consistently for years thing for CLG is a little bit of an overly pessimistic uh, take them. This year was really bad. Um, and I, I understand the frustration.
1: Did they even finish 10th? I don't think they finished 10th. In this. spring.
0: In yeah, spring, okay. they did. But ninth in summer, and that was really, really bad. In In spring last year, they got third in uh, playoffs and then got knocked out in the gauntlet. Their spring was not great last year. It was seventh again. And then the year before that was eight and seven. And so I think you know it's hyperbolic to say 10th all the time. Right. And that's as much defense as I can give them because they missed playoffs they've made playoffs once in the last six splits. So I think it's fair to say like they're, they're obviously not doing well to the college
1: point. Yeah. Tim, you haven't been on the show in the past when we've rained down hatred on CLG. So what's (laughs) your, your take?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it is easy to look at the results over the past kind of two, three years put all together and say, they obviously have been pretty bad, but I think saying they, they finished third in summer 2019. And at that point, my take going into 2020 was like you can pretty much stay the course here and then the move they made in the mid lane so like if, if i'm getting this right crown i'm not out. mixing it up the, oh, yeah out. well crown in power of evil out crown in right oh yeah sorry that one yes. yeah initially and that seemed like well, crown had just come off of a really good year and this seemed like it was probably at the worst a side grade and probably an upgrade and Wiggly had just won like rookie of the rookie of the year or whatever rookie of the split. like this all looked actually like they were doing the right things, and it totally didn't work. Like it just didn't work. It it kind of blew up. They the whole everything that happened with Crown, like whatever it was that just didn't click, was just terrible. And they it's really hard when you made that big a move as the centerpiece of your offseason and it falls apart that bad. Like what do you do? I I'm pretty willing to say 2020 was a year where. You know, I think they could have done a little better than they did, but things very much didn't go their way. I can't go back and hindsight it and say I fault what they did because I actually felt pretty good about the moves they made. Now, they are in a position now where they're going to have to make some pretty big changes. And this offseason is going to be, I think, a, a massive kind of rewrite of what they're doing as an org. But I'm not willing to go into it and say like, and look at how terrible their 2019 was or their 2020 uh, prep was. And they better not do the same thing now because I, I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's hindsight bias to to say that was a bad move.
1: Do you think they and need to blow up this roster
2: to a certain extent? Right, like I think I think they could get away with bringing back like two players, maybe three, maybe, but that might be a bit, be a bit of a stretch.
1: I mean, I would definitely want to see if I was a CLG fan the majority of that roster out. Not even because I'm like I hate those yeah. players in particular, but it's like after the way that that org has been competitively for the past several years, it's like time to make major changes.
2: Yeah. I think like a culture reset in that sense is probably like the most useful thing. Um, and blowing up as much of the team as you can in that sense to like, we're going to start, we're going to make a fresh feeling to this. I think that's definitely a valid part of it.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, um, I, I think we, we, I, I was pretty hesitant to be happy about their moves. I think I, I overrated them because some other people were, were excited. Um, about about the crown move i was always a little hit or miss on him he was clearly a great player and that's fine but there's times where i think he had a lot of deaths he had these these bad blow-up games compared to poe who was more consistent it's like i was never that on board with that move and the other one was the smoothie substitution right or like the swap because swap,
1: yeah um oh you were very not happy about that
0: well it wasn't because i think smoothie's a bad player and i'm i'm, I'm always so sorry that I, it, it sounds like i'm flaming smoothie with this but i'm really flaming the organization every team that's kind of worked with smoothie has said that you know his communication isn't great and he he talks a lot and it can it can it's not always super clear and that's one of his weaknesses as a player and he has a lot of other strengths in terms of in-game playmaking and and stuff like that and then they said they had communication issues in 2019 and that they were going to supplement those by and and like their their reasoning was like smoothie's going to come in and fix them and it's like what? You're asking a player's weakness to become his strength because, like, your other players didn't talk enough, and so he's just going to talk more and stuff? Like, that blew I've my
1: heard, I've heard this rant from you so many times. I think most I, of, mostly not on Hotline League, but it's just... It's so funny because I'm like, what's going on in Twitch chat? Because I'm like, here he goes on the smoothies, smoothie rant. I, so
0: I, I feel so bad because it's not about smoothie. It's about the, the, the organization. and And to Tim's point and some of the other people's point in Twitch chat, you know, about... Evaluating the whole organization—that's fine to do. The point about not trying is one that I, I still uh, I side with Tim on. We're like, yeah, they're clearly trying to make these moves. I think a lot of them are really questionable when you actually dig into it. And and like, I don't think Crown Season was actually that close to POEs in 2019 um for for me. uh And then I think that kind of got shown to be true. And and then you know now it's it, there's there's other problems with this team that I think when you really dig into exist whether that means the entire org is trash and like the franchise is corrupting them Madison square garden, all the other stuff is, is a, is a different angle.
1: I don't know if I, or I'm just going to drop this really quickly as a thing. Um, no, it's not like a leak or anything like that, but I, I am nervous for any team owned by NBA ownership, uh, this off season. So, uh, fly quest, Golden Guardians, CLG. I think those are the... Oh, Dignitas.
0: 100,
1: 100T. 100T is, like, kind of invested in two by... If they're not... It's not the same. The
0: investment group is outside of it the same and, way. And
1: like, they've raised all this extra money from other people. It's not the same as, like... like right. the, I, think 70, I think the ones I'm listed are all majority-owned by either, like, NBA team organizations directly or, like, people that are... It's not as diversified. Because... Um, what is the, the huge amount of money that B- the NBA is supposed to be out next season? If you, Everybody can go do a search right now for this if they want to, but like the NBA is losing so much money right now because of all the COVID stuff, and it does not look good for next year either. Well, then and,
0: sell your NBA team. Don't give up the league one.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying anybody's going to sell. I'm just saying, like, I... I think there's a reason why. What what did uh, what was Jacob Wolf's like list of teams? I don't think Golden Guardians, FlyQuest, Dignitas, or CLG were mentioned in that. And I'm guessing like it's just less likely that they've got way more play money to throw around. Um, not that any of those orgs ever spent really big last time, but like if I was a fan of one of those orgs right now, I would not be. I would be looking at these at these NBA numbers about how all these teams are about to lose just a fuck ton of money. And I would be like, oh, I don't think that anybody's going to be ponying up, you know, two million for a player anytime soon uh, from these orgs.
2: Yeah, no, I have the same concern. Uh, I've definitely been looking at the same kinds of things and wondering how those teams are going to... And I think, like, having an org, uh, having, like, an LCS team that has to tighten the budget a little bit, that doesn't mean they have to be a bad team. It means it's more difficult to put together a good team, but it doesn't mean you can't, right? Like, I think Golden Guardians did, had a a really great year in 2020 and as far as i'm aware they probably underspent pretty much every other team in the league they, they uh, were
1: they were the yeah exactly they were
0: i mean so and,
2: yeah you just uh, need to make good good choices <laughs> and,
0: and to your point tim i think people should like org should emphasize that like it should mm-hmm. be a talking point for your org um and part of your your pr that like we're the little guy you know vote for us the underdog kind of kind of thing and i don't Teams almost never do this. It's almost like they're gonna get shamed by Steve's wallet. Like Steve's just gonna be like, "Look at these these poor people," or something. And it's <laughs> like I don't, I don't think, like you you can't make the gift that Steve can make where he's shooting money everywhere. So like, make another like do something else to like lean into that idea. Um, because I don't think Travis should be the one doing PR for you when he does his yearly how much our team spending video.
1: I don't think I should be doing PR for anybody except for Travis Gafford industries. All right, get out of here. Well, I mean, I just, yeah, I think, I think right now orgs are not very interested in being transparent about that stuff. uh, In my experience, Anywho, hi, man, I know we've gotten kind of off topic, but is there anything you want to, that we missed that we can quickly get to in your take or anything you want to follow up on?
7: Uh, I've got one tiny aside, which you guys were just getting to, um, which is that having, a team be surrounded by the the stigma of always losing. Uh, It's an exaggeration, certainly to say 10th place all the time. Uh, But if the stigma around the team is that CLG is not going to win, how can they go out and pick up other players in that way? Just like you were saying, Um, as players are drawn to teams that they expect to win, surely they're also repelled by teams that they expect to lose.
0: I mean, yeah, that's definitely one of the problems of, the, the losing org stigma, but the one position of power that you have is well, if you want to play in the LCS, we got five spots, and you know you, you'll probably never get a perks even if you you had the money if you were just always losing um, but you there's there's players that that you know if the choice is not play or play for CLG, they're going to play for CLG, and mm-hmm. you have to trust uh, your GMing and, and your scouting and stuff to still put together a good roster
1: true. Hi, man. Thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh,
7: pair of quick shout-outs. I want to shout-out RIT, uh, my alma mater. Um, hey, yo, me too. And yeah, uh, and I want to shout-out WeHa Esports, uh, my high school league club.
1: Nice. Have a good one.
7: Thanks. Bye.
1: Okay. Off Mark goes. Thank you to Stormquake. Lucasio, Krulas, Nucle, gifted a sub, uh, Mandalorian for two years, Bentley 82, nerdy cat owner, smoke dog, borns for life, and Danny Zhang for the subs. Tim, do you have any animals?
2: Uh, Not right now. did growing up. My parents actually have a hobby farm that I grew up on, so I take the kids over there quite a bit. Uh, They've got alpacas and goats and chickens. But uh, I developed a cat allergy in my late teens.
1: Smart and, man. Uh, it's, it's no fun. Yeah.
3: You could have cat bread.
1: Mahmoud is here. <laughs> Mahmoud, where are you calling from? Uh Once Mahmoud, again. Welcome back to the show. There were some people on uh the in the comments last time who did not believe that you were actually from Iraq.
3: Well, you know, it is like everyone wants to hate all the time, you know, so I, I don't know, you know, they can say what they want, but you know, there are always haters, you know, like yeah, even for... you have haters, Travis, even you have haters, right? And you are a Muslim guy. Oh yeah. Remember last week, like yes. Reddit post yes. about yes. Travis being worst interview. Yes, yes,
1: yes. We, do, I, we I remember <laughs> when you brought that up.
3: And there's a lot more love in Twitch chat than there are
0: people wondering where you're really from. So
3: what is, uh, Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like, I am a little more educated than a lot of other Iraqis. And so, like, maybe, like, my accent. And, like, I have American friends on Discord that I talk to. So this is, like, maybe it's changing my accent a bit. But I don't think, uh, I don't think. These people are just haters, you know?
1: True, mm-hmm. true uh i maybe this is dangerous but give me 45 seconds on your take on the uh, election since i know you were very heavily <laughs> oh invested in it oh so time.
3: you know i was actually paying very close attention it was so crazy like it was scary for you guys uh i i mean very scary like it is like uh, trump he was like he type in old chat like ff15 biden and then biden was like okay but then, and then uh, Trump just like, he, he leaves the game because uh, he thought it is won. But then Biden just takes the nexus. This is what exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, uh, and it is crazy. Uh, but I'm very glad for you guys. You know, a lot of people are thinking Biden is not cool or whatever, but it is better than some racist guy, right? Who doesn't like Muslims, who doesn't like whatever Mexicans or I don't know, but he, he is a racist. Symbol. Uh, it is symbol.
1: Well Mahmoud, thank you for your political analysis. Uh, Now, what is your take for the show?
3: Okay, so Mark has told me, you know, he has told me that I don't have much time. So I was going to apologize for saying, you know, last week I said some comments that were not, I don't believe in them. I don't think they are correct. Uh, They were a bit racist, but, I won't go into deep. I had a big apology I was going to say, but it is okay. I will go into my take. Okay. So of course, uh, Berks is going to C9. Uh, I mean, like ninety-nine percent, right? He is going. So not
0: a Discord leak this time, though. Unfortunately.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It cannot be one hundred percent because it's not on Discord. <laughs> You're right. Um. <laughs> um. But Jacob Wolf, isn't he big guy? You know, like.
1: Big guy. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. So. So a lot of people, probably NA fans, because they don't know Burks is one of the best. Uh, he's the goat in Western uh, Western League of Legends. Um, they are saying C9 lost off season. I don't think this is true. So let's go down. Uh, let's assume. So we are low on time, right? So let's assume he is 100% going to C9. I was going to talk about why. Uh, I was giving example of why he is going to Sinan, but we already know this, so I'm going to skip over this. Um so, first of all, most important, I already wa- mentioned, he is the most uh, best player in NA now, right? He's go- he's in NA. Out of all the NA players, he is the best. This is no question. Any thoughts? Any uh, what is it?
1: You're say- saying he, goes- he would instantly be the greatest player in North America.
3: No disagreement. Yes, here. there is. Uh, I mean, what question? There is no question.
1: I, I mean, it question. looks like Tim and Mark I, and I, I are not really disagreeing. So go they ahead.
3: are silent because it is. true. I mean, it is true. Yeah, so, it's true. I'd say so, someday
2: could maybe rival him, but I'm not confident.
3: Whoa. Okay, I'm low on time, so we're, we're not going to go. And it is okay. It is okay. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm, only, I'm only, only Canadian. Okay, I don't know who he is, but okay, whatever, okay. So, okay, good leadership. This is one of the best, like, traits that Burks has. He is known on G2 to be shot color. okay? He is known, um, you know, to be very good leader, right? And this is going to be very important because C9, they have two rookie or blubber you know, can we just count him as a rookie? I mean, he has only been for one year, right? They the have
1: newer, newer faces, yeah.
3: He's a newer, yes. So, And let's be honest, he is not that great, right? So, okay. Uh, so, he is a blubber So, jungle mid duo, very important, right? Agree? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, very important. So, blubber his bliss style, very aggressive. Barks, very aggressive. Boom. They are they complement each other like right away right yes so 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 yes okay next a something c9 struggled with last split was when they're behind they get in this like mindset like oh we are losing we cannot come back like they don't think how to come back burks has shown in all of his time right as bro he is like he's always constantly thinking about the possibility of coming back, and he is always thinking you know he knows how to win the game when he is behind okay um so any thoughts on
2: this? So, I would agree that Perks is one of these players, and g two as a team have always been really good at finding these creative ways to make comebacks i I disagree a little on the cloud nine side of that. I think they were actually one of the teams that. Finally, showed in North America that they were willing to fight to make a comeback rather than just slowly, passively losing. I, I, I think it would definitely make Cloud Nine much better in that because Perks has that kind of G two legacy of, of finding those creative solutions. I, I think there are a lot of other. I think just about every other team in NA would have more of an issue with that than than Cloud Nine did, though. And, At the same time, there I can also see where you're getting that from with things like Blabber getting shut down level one by by a Flyquest level one plan, and like he personally didn't know how to come back. But the, you know, uh, there there are different levels of that.
0: And there's also I think like uh, a, uh two almost distinct parts to the season because when C9 was dominating, there were a number of games where things didn't start well for them. Uh, I think it was like one of their first games in the entirety of spring. Like they got three one, did a Drake fight or something, but they they were able to come back, and that that happened a number of times against TSM and TL and and teams. Um, and then once they became terrible, <laughs> yeah, they lost that ability to come back. But I, I think that those were pretty two different
3: distinct time periods within within the yeah. team's performance. Okay, so what is your name in the Discord? Magic, who is you, Who are Tim, you? Tim. Yeah. You just call him. Oh, Tim. 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 Okay, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So you're disagreeing, like, uh, so C9, you don't think they can, like, or you thought they were okay with c- coming back? Not, uh,
2: no, yeah, not towards the end of the season, right? Like, to Mark's point, when they were yeah. really bad at the end of the season, they were just bad overall,
3: but... Well, yes, I mean, it is playoffs, so that is what matters. When they were in playoffs, they were put in a situation where they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, um, well, okay, throughout throughout the beginning, right? They were always ahead. So in playoffs, when they are put in position that they are not ahead, then they struggle. Understand? No, I know where you're coming from. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, next, uh, hold on, I have my notes not up. Uh, so uh, shot caller, I already talked about this. Um, his game knowledge, I mean, this is sort of like a lot of bros have good game knowledge I think he actually this isn't true. A lot of NA players, they don't know how to play the game. So uh, he does have good <laughs> he does have good game knowledge, uh, and I believe he can play many roles at once. Like he can uh, play support at challenger level. He can probably play jungle, uh, and here we have seen he literally plays plays uh, ADC right uh, at. He's uh, very versatile. Level. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we have talked about Blubber as well, right? So his coin flip, right? He's very coin flip. Um, so Burks will be able to fix this, and this is why because he is very demanding, right? He 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 will not like allow Blubber to do his crazy, you know, inting running it down in the jungle. Um, and Blubber and everyone else on the team will respect Burks because. If if they don't respect Perks, who are they going to who are they going to respect? Like he is the Western Goat. Right? Yes. Yeah. So you That'd just be think best. it'll be
1: good. Uh like there's just a million reasons it sounds like why Perks would be good for C9. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And and here is where I think they will end up. I talked about last week uh, T1 will win Worlds and all that. I think C9 will definitely no doubt they will win LCS okay uh, and they will get to at least semis at worlds at so least you semis. you would
1: semi semis or
3: higher or higher they can get in finals
1: okay with so with fudge blabber uh perks vulcan sven, sven. and vulcan that's... oh
3: and did did i bring up sorry uh sven they have synergy because they yeah. are with yeah. each other yes? yes so they have synergy from that
1: Okay, so Tim, Mark, let's go with this uh take really quickly because uh, it's true we are we are running a little long. Um is this lineup, especially given that we've heard the TL lineup is quite strong, is this lineup enough that they can definitively win LCS and perhaps even make semis at Worlds, which I know is like a tough prediction when we don't know what other teams are going to Worlds, but like be perhaps one of the most internationally competitive LCS teams of all time.
2: So if you're saying fudge blabber perks Zven Vulcan. i think it's it's premature but i think it's somewhat reasonable i honestly think that that team if it all clicked together could be it on that quality uh, and i do think that even compared to the idea of an alfari centaurin uh jensen tactical core jj i would put that, that cloud nine lineup ahead of the tl lineup in a power ranking personally um it is, but it is pretty premature to say, "Oh yeah, world semis definitely." Like, <laughs> like so much can change between now and then. Sure, but I, but I don't think it's ridiculous.
0: I think uh, for me, the the question with the TL lineup is actually a bigger que- like concern of gelling as a team mm-hmm. um, than it is for C9. Because I think, you know, talking about Mahmoud's point about versatility, I think Perks can play a lot of different roles for the team, the leadership, the shotgun, That's all going to come along with it. Um, I'm I'm really not too concerned about them. I mean, there's a question mark around fudge, but that's really the only question mark for me on that lineup. And, you know, Blabber will int some games or whatever, you know, get a little bit too aggressive. I'm sure Perks will do that too. You know, he's not immune to it. Um but overall, I, I think that they I don't know I think their ceiling is higher and I think their floor is higher than TL. But I mm-hmm. I think, you know, if if you're making a bar graph of potential skill of the team to mm-hmm. reduce it down, you know, like there is an overlap. You know, I don't think TL is out of the conversation. Um, yeah. and I think it, it comes down to the fact that TL's going to have to learn a new playstyle, one that we haven't seen TL have during the double of years, and even during Tactical. Impact was a weak side player for the most part, uh, and Alfari can do that, but you're really not using him well if you're not giving him the ability to dominate lane, which is really not what they count on. on. Uh, and, and even for Santorin, he was juggling with a top laner who was playing somewhat similarly to Impact, so this is a totally new era for this lineup. Uh, for Team Liquid, even for guys like Jensen and Cordage and Tactical, who are the returning members, they'll have to find themselves again. Uh, Travis, you want to jump in?
1: Yeah, well I'll just say really quickly, shout out to Reggie, who is in the chat. (laughs) Reggie, uh, who is predicting that the IMT coach is going to get fired. Um, Reggie, uh, we've been trying to schedule an interview together for like a month now, and we had an interview scheduled, and then an hour beforehand I heard that we couldn't do it. Uh... (laughs) so i don't know what's going on uh but i I hope i hope we can we can connect soon
0: travis you should you should definitely um not delete the vod on this one so people can go back and see the chat log yeah that's that's fine i've Uh, been depressed from going zero six he
1: says well reggie uh (laughs) you're building a new team it's got to be hype let's talk about that Uh, it'll be great might need to take some time okay well it's been it's been a month so uh i feel like you've had some time Zero six was a long time ago. Anyway, back to Mahmoud. Uh Mahmood, what do you think of of all? I, actually, here here's the one thing I was going to say. Uh, the only reason why Mahmood, I'm a little worried for you, is that like Cloud Nine this year looked to be one of the greatest teams that we've ever had, and then they just collapsed. And so that would be my concern for you. Is like, um, is as exciting as it is. Like this team seemed to suffer from like a systemic failure. Like at the end of summer. So I'm just, it's like hard to be as confident, I think.
3: Okay, so I want to talk about uh, Tim, I believe. He said that, like, it is weird or whatever to say they're going to make Sammy. Uh They made what? They made semi with, with, uh, with, with who? Licorice. Le, Zezal. Licorice was rookie, right? When or like yeah yeah I mean
1: day. they had it was a rookie too that was kind of a new yeah. yeah
3: yeah and they make a semi so you know what is this like now they have Burks like come on that's yeah, true always-
1: but they didn't even make I mean they didn't even make this world's when they had most of the players that they're gonna have in your yes. roster
3: and and this is mainly because uh, they like like I said before they were always ahead in the in regular season. And then when it came to playoffs, they were pressured. And so they were behind in playoffs games. And so they were not able to, to like, uh, they, were, they, they were not able to adapt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is why they, they crash and burn.
8: But with, but perks, with, with it'll Berks, it'll solve their stuff. With
3: Berks, he is shot call. He is a leader. He is synergy with, uh, with Sven. He has, uh, he will be able to teach the rookies some things or two, you know, like this. So, uh, it is, it is uh, he is like, I don't know what to say. I don't know analogy. I'm trying to think of analogy, but he is just a goat.
1: Yeah. He's the Z- Zidane Zidane. What was your analogy last year? Or last well,
3: week? Uh, well, yes, he's Zinedine Zidane, but that—that that is LS. You he's
1: cannot... the yeah. He's the LS of pro mm-hmm. players. I think is the way that perhaps I would describe. Uh, him.
3: Possibly, I mean, I would say he is like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I cannot come up.
1: In- with, indescribable. Uh, it's fine. Um. Uh, all right. Well, Mohamed
3: Salah. I don't know. Mohamed Salah. Mo- I I would yeah. say.
1: Mahmoud uh, We do have to unfortunately go on to our next callers because we've only got um. A little bit of time for our next four calls but is there okay. anything that you want to say before we uh move on to the next one
3: uh yes so i will quickly apologize so last week i said like koreans don't like white people and i don't agree with this mahmoud does not agree with this uh you know there is video on youtube of yamato Kenan, one of my favorite coach coach uh, he went to sandbox right and they were treating him with such kindness right and he is arab so like there is language barrier there's everything and they treat him with such kindness such love they were laughing joking so like it, it is evidence right the to show that you know not all korean uh, they are they have kind heart right they have kind heart so what i said last week you know mahmoud uh, does not agree with and uh and yeah and also uh, possibly uh, announcement, big announcement. Uh, maybe I start Twitch stream soon.
1: Okay, very good. Well, I'd be happy to launch yet another career in esports. Mahmoud, thank you so much for the call. And uh, and we'll catch you uh, another time, I'm sure.
3: Okay, thank you yeah. very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, uh, Travis.
1: Yeah. And Tim.
3: And uh, Tim, sorry, Tim.
1: <laughs> Have a good one. All right, well, there we go. Uh, can't, can't wait until that guy's getting 10,000 viewers, uh, when I'm trying to, to do hotline league. Thank you to Boba Cola for gifting a sub to Reggie and for gifting a sub to cloud nine Maury wakes with 10 months. Has it been 10 months? Holy moly, Maury true pirate champ for a year. That's awesome. A year penguin was taken bronze dar. Uh, really appreciate everybody for the, uh, the subs C9 signed faker. I called it says Reggie. Reggie's just in the chat dropping stuff. Reggie, um, Seems who are you guys getting in the mid lane? I'd love to know. Blue Frost is here. Blue Frost, where are you calling from?
9: Calling from uh, Dallas, Fort Worth in Texas. Dallas, Fort
1: Worth. Uh,
9: what do you want to talk about on the show? So I just want to ask this question to Tim. Do you think preseason and the changes to itemization, the radical changes, have been a factor in driving the search for data or stats-driven analysts or people like LS. And do you think you know, analysis and staff are going to be much more important this off-season than normal?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I'll preface this with saying that the types of analytics that I run aren't really that level of like in-game analytics of like itemization, rune choices, stuff like that. There are other people who spend a lot more time on that than I do. Uh, but, you know, it is it is still relevant to, you know, data acquisition, data processing, uh, you know, knowing how to convey findings from data to the people who are actually going to make those choices. Uh, I think it is these, these levels of changes happen in different ways every season. Uh, sometimes they're in things like itemization that has been such a big topic this year with, you know, I, I think especially with LS coming so much more to the forefront. And driving a lot of conversation this year and he talks a lot about itemization i think a lot of people picked up on that and kind of came along with that ride and so the fact that itemization getting getting reworked this off season it it just kind of like aligns in time with that and has drawn a lot of attention to it but i don't necessarily think that this itemization change is a bigger fundamental shift to the game than you know bringing in elemental drakes or some of these other things that, that have happened uh you know the the elder soul or the the dragon soul kind of changed. Those things change the game on a very significant level. Uh, or even rift heralds, uh, things like that change the game it, to the. I would say at least to the same extent as reworking the whole item system. It's just that those things, the effects of those kinds of changes, are more difficult to tease out and grasp, and take longer, I think, to become solved in the game in the pro game. So that that all being said, coming back a little more to the point i I can't really say that I've seen a larger uptake of data analysts this offseason than I have in past seasons. Uh, it It's been a slow growth, I'd say, over the last few seasons. Um, It is definitely something where teams always need to be adapting patch to patch and identifying what's you know what's the new meta going to be, which champions are coming up and down. You know, a big part of Pro league has always been which team can find the meta fastest and then find the counter meta as other people are just rounding into it. Uh, and and I really do think there's a big role for for data in that. Uh, and, and some teams have made good use of it. Some teams haven't. Some teams rely more on the players themselves, just kind of feeling it out and making calls on that. I don't think one approach is necessarily better than the others, but I do think if you can get a good data arm to that and pair that with the intuitions of the players and coaches, you know, get get the best of both worlds, that's going to be the ideal scenario. I'm not sure if I've
9: addressed the entire does scope that, of the question. Did
1: that here, cover it, but... Blue Frost?
9: I think I've covered quite a bit of it, how... The itemization is less of a data, like data driven. I still think though, is you can't help but figure out that the game is. There's going to be a bit of an arms race to see who kind of figures out the first. I guess who's able to write the metagame.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think on that point, um, the itemization stuff can take some time to figure out. We kind of had in this last episode about Mark, uh, you're a
1: little quiet. Uh, can you get closer to your mic?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was sorry. Continue. Um, so I think um, it's something that happens and builds over time. I don't think people like math craft out the optimal builds quite as much as they experience the optimal builds, and that mm. knowledge is is kind of a built up over time communally. And w- people always say never do for free what you can get paid for. I, on the other side, say never pay for something you can get for free. And to pimp out another site, LolaLytics, I think it is uh, has. Pretty in detailed uh win rates with different bills first item, second item, and third item, and all these different things um, if I was an org, I would not pay someone to go make a worse version of something that's that that's a pretty good site and so as these new items uh show up, I'm just gonna look at what this guy has, assuming he updates for all the itemization, whoever runs that site, whatever org if it's not a person you know and and having a data analyst who knows how to parse that information could be useful um but I don't think you really need a full degree probably in, in that uh, as much as you would if you were the one designing that system yeah Can't i, believe I you think just there are ways there are ways you can approach that a little differently.
1: tim's competitor like that they <laughs> like, don't even
0: yeah. cover the same same things
2: no, no we don't they, they're, sorry they're, what they're, were you
1: gonna
2: say tim i was gonna say that there are different ways you can approach that question and i think if you do have somebody in-house doing this and they can find more nuanced ways to kind of like tease out, you know, maybe maybe kind of the raw win rates approach is getting you most of the way there, but then you can do something on top of that um, and do some more kind of complex modeling to to kind of get a little more value out of it. But I think, you know, you do get some diminishing returns in that, to, to Mark's point. And if you can get 80% of the findings from a free resource and then, you know, paying a half-time or full-time staff member to get that extra 20%, I mean, there may be other things that you could spend that staff budget on that would move you... F- more
1: incrementally forward like perks
0: <laughs> cut my entire coaching staff, give all the money to perks that's what yeah.
1: my... and by the way, just to be clear, there's no world in which we'd need like ten coaching staffs to cover the buyout for perks the of the salary
0: you cut the entire org let's pull the money together <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean cut the lcs st- coaches we don't We don't need i
1: mean them. there's a there's a world where you can have like four or five full LCS rosters for the amount of money that uh G- that Ocelot is allegedly asking for, or Carlos is allegedly asking for. It's very funny. Anyway, uh, Blue Frost, sorry we can't. We're kind of moving quickly tonight. But is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next color?
9: Um. Well, one thing is actually is, is actually strikes at a good time that I'm I'm taking a uh Azure machine learning engineering course, so you know. Maybe Tim might, might come, sometime come to pick your brain about, you know, doing a cast a project on project around League and, like, building up some machine learning models. So anywhere to like, probably kind of reach on that to see if that can go anywhere? Yeah,
2: if you follow me on the Twitter and I and I shout out, we have a bit of a data science community in, in the Oracle's Elixir Discord server, too. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a great place to come and kind of hang out, ask those kinds of questions. Are there are other people who know more about, like, uh, certain areas of machine learning or anything more advanced above that than I do. Uh, and yeah, some good people to to kind of learn from.
1: Cloud Nine has a partnership with Microsoft around that stuff that maybe you could look into as well because maybe it would I be also, interesting to see what they're doing there.
0: I have to call Tim out. Did I hear uh, the Twitter out of you? Did you just dad out on us and call it the Twitter? Did I don't think
2: it? I did. Did I? I will we'll need to back I didn't hear the Twitter. We just got to re-listen to that because if I did, oh, right. then we to right. uh, deal right. with
1: that. Blue Frost, thank you so much for the call though, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time.
9: Uh, thank you, Nine. Thanks for having me. Shout out to Anywhere and. Drop buff all those guys.
1: Yep. Have a, good, have one. a good one. See you. Dude. <laughs> all right. Uh off goes Mark to grab the next caller. Uh Mind Turtle twenty seven. Thank you for the two months. Malman zero six. Amory Hin gifted a sub. And uh Boba Cola gifted a sub to Fudge. It uh, looks like Sistara is here. Sistara, where are you calling from?
4: Salt Lake City. Salt
1: Lake City. You've been on before before, right?
4: Uh no, it was the first time
1: oh okay maybe i've seen your you in discord or on twitch chat Uh,
4: you added me to play wow a little bit ago yes looking for some boosting
1: yes okay well it's listen it's starting soon i'm gonna be hitting you up again i I recognize the name thank god thank you for those anyway uh by the way i didn't even know you could have an animated discord picture okay what do you want to talk about on the show
4: uh, my take was that ESPN letting their esports journalists go is a huge loss, not only for ESPN, but also the esports scene in general. And that whoever picks them up, maybe Travis Gafford Industries, uh, will skyrocket to the top of the esports journalism scene.
1: Okay, listen. I can't skyrocket to the top of the esports journalism scene when I'm already at the top, all right? That doesn't even but make sense. You can
0: sense. go into the stratosphere.
1: Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, do, uh, do you want to expand on this or do you want us to start based off of what you're saying?
4: Um, Yeah, I mean, I can expand a little. It's mostly kind of ESPN uh, entered esports in a way, the same way that they approach traditional esports, Um, you know, articles and, you know, announcing free agency trades, things like that, like not the typical thing we see in the esports scene, which is generally more video-based or or things like that. Um, And so them moving away from that, I've read it was kind of to go more into a video vertical and things like that. But I think that just them losing not only that talent and, like, the people with those connections is a huge loss. They could have maybe retained them and find ways to incorporate them into the new vertical instead of just, you know, dropping the people with that much experience in the scene uh, right away.
1: Is it, is it time for me to, to go ham? Mark and Tim, do you want to say anything before I go crazy?
0: I mean, I don't have too much to say. I didn't know if Tim, as another kind of, like, sight... In, in the scene, had some other... Because you don't have a site, really, Travis, but Tim does, so I wonder if he had some some insights as well.
2: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's too controversial to say that kind of losing, at least whether it's all of ESPN or some portion of ESPN as a vertical is... I mean, it's like, what if the LCS suddenly lost a team? Like, that's not really good for the league. Now there's less places for good players or for more players to come in and develop, right? If nothing else, uh, you know, that, that's it's not a perfect metaphor by any means, but um yeah, I I, I don't I don't like it that we're we're losing ESPN on that. I I think I am very hopeful that the people who were working at ESPN will still find places to land that will get to see their work still, but I don't have anything controversial to say. Okay. Here
1: we go. So there's a bunch to say I'm gonna maybe I'll do a video on this later on it'll be more expanded. But a couple different things. One uh, it does not surprise me that this is the end result for ESPN Esports, not because of the people that work there, who I think are very talented, uh, some of whom previously worked with or for me at Yahoo, uh, but also but just because like e- ESPN is the classic example of silly boomer media company that just does not understand how to adapt to this new world. Um, I think... If you look at a lot of their strategy, it seemed very scattershot. They would sort of acquire broadcast rights for things and not always link everything in. And uh, it took a very long time before they actually started putting any of their videos on YouTube. Uh, it took a long time before they were even doing videos. Written content is like incredibly hard to monetize because everybody uses ad block. You have to come up with really innovative ways of doing this stuff. And there's just like the media companies I know from working at them are not flexible enough to, to figure out how to adapt to this new world, which is disappointing because guess what all the challenges that people face in monetizing and building out esports content is stuff that all these companies are going to face over the next 10 to 15 years as the audience that now goes to Reddit and Twitter and other places for their news or relies on the YouTube algorithm to bring it to them stops going, you know, that's the primary audience. And it stops being people who will just type in ESPN.com into their browser. Um, so it is. It is ultimately unsurprising for me. Uh, I do think a lot of those people are really talented, uh, especially the people that I have met. Uh, but I just I think they like the site as a whole really lacked vision. Um, there was a great guy named Ryan that I really liked that left, and he was helping to lead a lot of the stuff on the editorial side. Um, he left about a year ago, um, and I I think him leaving was not a, a great thing for the team long term, but perhaps would have ended up in the situation. Eventually, anyway, look—it's really difficult because you rely on sports salespeople frequently to sell this stuff, and they don't know how to sell it as a, sp- a product to sponsors, and it becomes a big problem um, because you're, you're you can be Emily Rand writing some of the best articles in esports or sports, and people are—it's not a great the the company doesn't know how to monetize that. So, um, it's a huge problem, uh, but what I, I will say is, and, and I, again, maybe I'll do another video. Look, the future of esports media is not in these big dumb media companies that do not know what they are doing and have a ridiculous amount of overhead and want you to do things the way that they've been doing it for the past 20 to 30 years, even though the world has moved on the future, I think are in the individual people like Corizon or Invin Or, you know, wherever a lot of these these folks, these talented people at ESPN are going to end up. And I think it's really important for the industry, the community to rally around the independent people, the people at the like smaller brands that do this stuff and support them by following them on social, by tweeting at their sponsors, by, uh, you know, subscribing and supporting them directly through Twitch subs and that type of stuff. And by demanding that the industry, uh, you know, give these people press badges and access to events and players and teams. It is really, really important because guess what? It's, It's great whenever you're ESPN or when you're Travis Gafford and you can get access to these people, but whenever, but you have to start to broaden out access. So Um, I think that was the biggest thing that ESPN was able to contribute besides giving people that are talented jobs is they were able to get people in the door at events and that kind of stuff because they had a brand name and because people want to do interviews with ESPN. But guess what? It's time to start doing interviews with people who uh, care about the scene um, and don't necessarily have ESPN attached to them, right? Like Emily Rand needs to be able to go get interviews and access still, even if she doesn't have, espn in her name because ultimately it's not espn that's bringing the value to this industry it's people like her so um yeah i just i'm very curious to see where we lands and i hope they they end up in a good spot
0: yeah i mean the, the one nice thing that a a company brings is production value almost in the sense that like you can have bigger budgets than an individual can have you can make a real award show instead of this bootleg ghetto Gaffes thing which we all love
1: do you think an ESPN eSports award show would be better than the Gaffys? Because I don't. And that's I mean, not I because don't... I run the Gaffys. It's because I do not think like ESPN would try to make it too sportsy.
0: Um, we have yeah, seen my, some
2: pretty bad awards type. My, not my, necessarily award shows. but
0: Yeah, my, my point is not that ESPN could do better, but that a company with funding and an actual people at the top who really understood eSports or trusted people, to do it. You know, they they could have more assets and tools and things at their disposal than Travis Gafford industries probably ever would. Yeah. That's the only thing that you're missing. Otherwise, like direct to consumer, uh as a way to put it is booming right now. Patreons, you know, uh OnlyFans. Only fans blowing up all over the place. Uh you know, all those kinds of ways where you can just say like, hey creator, I like your shit. How do I support you? Um, you know, that we're we're in the golden age of that right now. And so uh you know Travis has an no OnlyFans fans showing up, you know, it's just another income stream because he's a greedy boy.
1: TravisGaffer.com slash lewd. Please go check it out.
0: Um, it does exist. Anyway, so that's that's the only thing I'd say is um, you know, people like Jacob Wolf, if he did did a Twitch stream and every day for an hour or two he streamed his news instead of tweeting it out, which is harder to monetize, you know, thousands of people would tune in and he could take Q and A's and do stuff like I don't know, you know, like the idea that Jacob Wolf isn't in any sort of trouble. And he could probably make more money doing that than he got Pen. I don't know what his salary was, but you know, like direct to if if you have a following, direct to consumer, so to speak, is really good on you know modern platforms and stuff.
4: Yeah, I I do have a hypothetical kind of to pose to you um in relation to this subject. Do we, you think th- starting at low? So yeah, go
1: for, go just real quick. So uh, sorry.
4: Yeah, just real quick. Um Do you think that? Uh, ESPN coming into the esports scene was detrimental in the long run like if they had never entered the esports scene would be better off if those journalists were able to be more independent?
1: No because I think uh, it's we're now just getting to the point where I think a lot of those folks can support themselves on their own I think it also took like for a very long time a lot of these sites would spring up and they would say we're going to be the ESPN of esports well guess what the fucking ESPN of esports was it was a bunch of talented people with a company behind them that didn't actually know what the hell they were doing. Um, and the company did, not knowing, not Which the people.
0: actually made those other statements strangely prophetic.
1: Yes. Yes, true. Because all those <laughs> other companies, ended up, they were all the ESPN of esports.
0: They were the ESPN. They were not wrong. They were the so, ESPN of esports.
1: And so guess what? Like We have now had the ultimate media organization, the ultimate sports media organization, come into the space, try it, spend money, and wash out. Uh, Just to be clear, it is not esports that is washing out of ESPN. It is ESPN that is washing out of esports. So I, like, it's time for all of us to do our own thing, and it's time for this industry to have its own brands and to stop being obsessed with validating itself because ESPN has SportsCenter, which, who the fuck cares anymore? So to start, uh, anyway, um, thanks so much for the call. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller?
4: Um, just one real quick thing. Tim mentioned it earlier and I just wanted to kind of get him to shout his own stuff out. Um I'm interested in watching your GM VODs. Is there any way that people can do that if they're interested? Watch
2: Uh oh. the, the armchair general manager stuff. Yeah, so some of that's gonna be on my Twitch channel, uh which is uh Tim Sevenhusen Uh some of those are up as VODs. It wasn't uh yeah, you I'm not sure all of them are. So I don't I don't know if you'll be able to get kind of recordings of it all but
1: so you can watch some of them on <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, thanks to star. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, thank you. We have a sub train going or hype train going in the chat. I think it's going to crash. We've only got one minute left on it. But if anybody's got any prime gamers are in the chat who felt inspired by my ESPN rant, Mark, you going to grab the next caller? Yep.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was shooting my cat.
1: Yeah. Stop getting distracted by those animals. But Belling, thank you for the eight months. IRD. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Erdin, thank you for the prime. Ken Yon Chow, thank you for the prime. Uh, Clem, Clem, Clemadia, thank you for the <laughs> prime. Uh, Meg Just Dikyra, work around that one. Saint Louis Slayer, Lickatoad, 1997, Mind Turtle, etc. Forty seconds left on the scam train. If anybody can get in, uh, White Tigress is here. White Tigress, any relation to Lay Tigers? No. Where are you calling from?
10: Um, from Manhattan, Kansas.
1: What do you want to talk about on the show?
10: Um, my take is, if Perk goes to C Nine, the LCS would turn into a two-team region like the LEC with TL and C Nine, um, and it could make the LEC, LEC a stronger region like it did the LEC. I mean, the LCS a stronger region.
5: Wait,
1: having only two, ha- making a region of two-team region is going to make it a stronger region?
0: Four, I assume he means international performance, not like a ten-team thing.
10: Yeah.
1: Okay. Stronger team internationally. Okay, go ahead. Break this down for me.
10: Um. So as you saw in the LEC, that Fnatic and G2 kept pushing each other, and it led to also some of it is into the um regional teams. Also, they got better because if you want to reach the top, you just have to improve. And so I think if um, TL gets everybody who they are trying to get with Santorin and Alfari. And if C9 gets perks, it will push every other team to get better if they want to have a chance of being at the top.
1: <sighs> is that is it true? I'm trying to think. Like his people, you know, TSM fans will not like this take. Uh, I don't know if Reggie's still in the chat, but he I, will not. Like. I, I, By the I, way, I Reggie earlier important. said that they're getting an import mid, so I don't know who that would be, but um maybe maybe They're
0: importing Reginald from the office. They're uh,
1: <laughs> maybe maybe they're doing a side deal with Carlos to get caps and Carlos is just selling out, uh, but I mean, Tim Mark, is there any world in which another team creates a competitive roster to compete with an Alfari TL and a Perks C9? Yeah,
2: uh, if if so, I'd say the C9 lineup with Perks. I, I said earlier, I think that would be an on paper stronger roster than the TL roster to me. Uh, I think there are there are definitely ways TSM could build a roster that could compete with the r- rumored Team Liquid roster. I think there are some pieces that will definitely have to fall in place. Um, but if you, but if you kind of take the strongest pieces that sit around, you know, potentially available, um, I don't think it's out of, out of reach that, that TSM could do something on that level.
1: What is that roster, Tim? Play GM really quickly. Let's
2: see. So a lot of people talk about TSM humanoid. I think that could be reasonable. I think if, uh, <clears throat> boy, it's really putting me on the spot. I I, I think I would, one thing Lost as a promotion from their academy team, I think that's something I would really look at, uh, and I think that could actually work out really well for them. Uh, he's he was really good in the academy level. What would they have to do? in yeah, Speak is pretty good in the jungle. I think the the top lane, like top and mid, is really where they'd have to make their big splash. And I think there are enough players out there that as long as they spent, you know, they're willing to spend for that humanoid. And I'm not sure that a humanoid licorice. for I mean, example, you can only
1: invest. Quite get there. Yeah, but,
0: but at least not it's... that far. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna say that's pretty close. If you're like, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Like, humanoid Poe, maybe on the top end, you somehow get Chovy, but that's not gonna happen. But you know, like people are saying that um, Nemesis is, a, is another potential one. Like there are some some players there that I think you can make a pretty good lineup. You you were talking about loss. I think even Doublelift shouldn't be slept on, even though it wasn't yeah. you know, like a great Worlds. Uh, I, I agree that you don't have to just assume Doublelift is an automatic keep, I and mean, you, you should explore all your options, but. I mean, he, he's really good. So I think you, you do have choices to make it more than a two-team league. But to the caller's point, I do think that right now it is looking mostly like a two-team league because it's very possible that all these pieces we're talking about coming together. Well, licorice is like, uh, 100 Thieves is paying me, or not 100 Thieves, uh, excuse me, like EG is paying me more or so, or some, someone else is paying me more. and he, And he goes there. And then you're like, okay, maybe Impact, but I'm not super stoked about that. And then, you know, you're starting to just build like a worst team liquid from the previous years because there's no Corge AJ. You know, like I, yeah. I start it starts falling apart quickly. So I think we sound like in North America we we might have two really good teams. And that is still pretty good because narratively you might complain about G two and Fnatic dominating. I I would I would take their performances if we got anything yeah. close to that in North America.
2: I also think it's worth saying that I think teams like E.G. and 100 Thieves, uh, with with the right, you know, one the one right piece falling in place could contest sure. TL, even if the C9 stuff doesn't happen, honestly. I think I'm really hype about the idea of Alfari coming to TL and whether it's Centaurin or somebody else. I think that's gonna be a great team, but I also see ways that it could not really work out to the level we hope. Uh, if they don't learn to play through the top lane, if they don't learn that style, which I think is, it's definitely not a given that they're going to understand at a fundamental, fundamental level really how to play that style. Uh, if that doesn't all click, then you can get a team that's a little more dynamic and, and has, whether it's, you know, something, something happened on the coaching level or something happened in their team synergy level and they just, you know, exploit something that TL tried to adapt themselves and couldn't quite make it work, whatever. I, I, yeah, somebody could contest them.
1: By the way, as we're talking about all this, I just noticed Reggie no longer in the chat, but now Parth is hanging out in the in the Twitch chat, so I don't know if he's like, Parth, listen, you gotta go watch this and make sure nothing bad happens. Nothing leaks.
0: So the funny or... thing was, Reggie also claimed that he was Parth and that it was just on the wrong account. So like, he's that... like,
1: oh, by the way, this is Parth on Reggie's account. Yeah, so maybe this is swapped. Yeah, Fascinating. No, this pretty is pretty the sure TSM drama of that we're happening. talking about, All right, in the headline. Account the sharing!
0: Chat. This is why no one respects TSM anymore. <laughs>
1: Ugh. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna fail this scam train by like one sub. That's a painful. Uh, White tigress, I, I look. I think it's gonna be tough to say that. I, I think one of those two teams will f- will have huge issues. What? Either the C9 or TL. I think there's a good chance that like something goes wrong. And like, you know, super teams have not always the best record of of functioning correctly when you build them. And. I think one of them would have issues. And so I, I think it's rare that you get like a fanatic G2 thing, um, where it, it, they instantly just become the two team best teams. And then they fight each other for a very long time. So that would be my guess is that one of them fails and you end up with a different team and like maybe you have one really great team and not so many, but
10: that would be my guess. Yeah. I have to agree because that's really kind of what happens. Like when TSM did with Zven Wait,
1: What you agree but your call was, and I'm disagreeing with so you. Like, you can't no, say no, I no, agree but like, with I have
10: you. To, I have to agree to your point. It was like, okay, okay. it's most likely going to happen. Fair,
1: fair enough. So the worst, whatever I, I say, I disagree with your point. And they're like, I agree. I'm like, what? Uh, like,
10: I don't make good points. So what just happened here? Yeah.
1: T- uh, White tigers. anything you want to say before we move on to our last caller?
10: Um, this is my first time ever trying to get onto the show. So I did it. And that's about it. Thank you. Oh, quit, yeah. quit while you're ahead. Just take. I the, know, right? Uh, yeah, I just... Yeah. 100%. Have, just, you can't do it anymore.
1: Have a good You're, you're going to piss off some people because there are some people <laughs> who get really angry that Mark does not pick them. Thanks so much. Have a good one.
10: You too. Do you guys use the phrase
2: "longtime listener, first-time caller? Or do you just like skip we over We used that
1: to, and three. then it became really too ancient. 9Reno9,
2: yeah.
1: uh, nine, nine, thank you for the sub. Khalil671. Oh, we just hit 1,600 subs. Nice. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Couldn't have done it without Kyle. We'd be at 1,500 I think. Uh, I'll shout out the rest later on because Captain Ahab is here. Cap, where are you calling from?
8: Rollo, Missouri.
1: Rollins, Missouri. What do you want to yeah, talk about R- on the show?
8: Rollo, Missouri. Uh, Rollo? Yeah, so Rollo, yep. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about how League of Legends stats will never be prescriptive enough because the game's really volatile. Um, and so overall, they make weak arguments and kind of can push more harmful narratives than helpful ones.
1: Wow. So you think anybody who's in stats... Is actually hurting League of Legends esports.
8: No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm a, I, I'm a data scientist, and so I'm somebody that cares a lot about um, stats as well. Uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, if you look at something like baseball or traditional sports, right, they don't change as often, and so you know you can look at a lot of those stats. Uh, and they'll cover, they'll carry over year year to year. Um, but I think League of Legends is kind of stuck in like a perpetual descriptive kind of. Mm-hmm. State, if that makes sense tim is a fraud can
1: you, can you, is what you're saying
8: can, can you explain what you
0: mean by mm-hmm. descriptive state because i don't think people understand that that was a what you know what you what you meant by statistical that statistical term yeah
8: yeah so yeah uh, what i mean by descriptive is that um, if you think of like really basic statistics such as like your mean or your your medium or whatever or your median sorry um,
2: types of averages people
8: we're going all the way down (laughs) right (laughs) basically what you're doing with descriptive statistics is you're describing um i would say general trends but you're not really making any conclusive decisions um and you move further away from that and you get into predictive where you're predicting things or prescriptive where you're able to kind of say this is what will happen uh, if that makes sense
1: yeah mean reversion
8: Shut, just stop reading Twitch chat.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. That's a technical, that's a stat, stat term that I've learned from listening Reversion to the 538 to yeah. podcast. I didn't,
0: I didn't see your hands go to the keyboard, so I guess I have to believe you. No, I uh, listened to it, the, the 538 like, podcast. Google. Nate Silver talks
1: about that all the time. Sorry, continue. Mark?
0: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, nothing, never mind. Just keep going. Great. great.
1: Uh, Tim, how do you defend yourself against the attacks that this man you, is?
0: Oh, you think I need to defend myself
2: on something here? You know yeah. what? Ahab nailed it. No, he's completely right. Uh, so, where
0: what
1: you have a show to called Run avoid, it now, though... I Don't want to undermine the validity of that program.
0: <laughs> Run it is no, nothing but... but narrative garbage that is destroying. <laughs> Sorry. No, so I think what you to have anyone?
2: to, what you have to stay away from is the idea that just because stats can uh, have imperfections in them or can't do, there are certain things that you can't do with stats in league like, means that anything statistical is unuseful. Right? That's that's absolutely not true. What is true is that. When you look at things that have been done in certain traditional sports with analytics, and then say, "Oh, we're just too young in League of Legends, but we're going to get there someday. We're going to be able to do wins above replacement modeling, and you know, quarterback quarterback rating sucks, but you know, stuff like that that you've seen in traditional sports, um, it's not, it, it's absolutely not a case that League of Legends just needs 20 more years, and eventually we're going to catch up to baseball. No, there's a fundamental difference in what measuring League of Legends means." Compared to measuring baseball, because in baseball you have you can say every single action basically that a player takes, you can count and categorize, and now you can like re- replicate that scenario. Say so every time a pitcher in this pitch count throws a pitch to this location over the plate, and the batter chooses not you know chooses to swing at it, you get this you know set of outcomes from that. It's just that does not exist in league. Even if you had the data to measure those kinds of things, the fact that uh, the game changes from moment to moment based on who's ahead and behind and which champions are in the game and what patch you're on and all these kinds of things means you, it's the completely wrong mindset to say we're going to take traditional sports analytics and just try to translate that to League of Legends. So you do completely different things. Um, I do think there are a lot of things you can do to go beyond descriptive statistics. You don't only have to say, you know, hey, this percentage is that and, you know, break everything into, you know, averages and, and uh, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, one of the things that, that I've been really excited about and have done been doing for a while is in-game win probabilities so that you can take a certain game state and compare it to, to another game state and say, hey, at this point, they were you know 64% favorites to win. Two minutes later, after a certain set of things has happened, now they're a 78%. That set of actions was worth this much in your likelihood to win the game. Now you can compare to maybe alternatives and things and have conversations like that. Um, that's an area that you're using uh, multivariate modeling to you know, go beyond just that. That's certainly you know a step up over descriptive statistics, and you can get really uh, good value out of that. There's still plenty of context that you're losing when you do that. Uh, when you're you know depending on whether you're factoring in champion choices and and the meta and all that kind of stuff, so you do have to kind of kind of fuzz your way through certain pieces of context in order to get to that value. But it, it comes down to the amount of kind of uncertainty or the amount of context you're willing to kind of measure around. Uh, and depending on, on kind of what your background is in analytics or whether you're trying to say, Hey, I have a degree in chemistry and run stats all the time. And, you know, it's, it's just not the same. You can't do that kind of level of precision, but there are things you can do. That's more, com- more comparable to what you might do in a field like sociology or even psychology, uh, where there's a lot more very deep context there.
1: Yeah. They're
0: even less scientific. <laughs> uh, I, um, yeah, I think. It's one of those things where like I enjoy stats a lot and you h- often hear a lot of the things that you're talking about, like you said at the beginning, get taken too far in the other direction of like mm-hmm. anyone who uses stats will often one of the first things I say is like you have to be really careful with what you're trying to say about using these. But at the same yeah. time, people then run, run the other direction worthless. And I I do ultimately agree with the caller that a lot of the times Harmful to me is, is maybe too strong of a term, but it depends on the context you're using it. But it definitely is something where no offense to Tim's site, but like someone might go on there, go to DPM and be like, boom, DPM, best mid laner right there, highest number. And you know, there's so yep. much more to that and it's true in other sports as well, but I definitely feel like having been big into football, big into the NBA, and now big into league, that the league big dumb number that everyone kind of gravitates to or whatever it is kda you know take your pick uh it definitely feels the furthest from actually describing the game on its own than Mm -hmm. than in other other sports
2: no i i agree with that uh and i think you you have to learn how to use the numbers appropriately and you have to learn how to apply them onto the game correctly as well uh, and you know, one of the things that my entire kind of, if you want to call it a career as a, as an esports analytics kind of person, I've I've fought in the entire time against perceptions that I'm somebody who comes, you know, I take everything by the numbers and that's the way I understand the game. Now I I have worked very hard to understand the game on both sides of it so that I can actually make sure the numbers mean something. Uh, and and uh, you because you can't you can't really. On the team front, there's a lot more you can do to measure a team's quality and, and things like that and, and play style statistically. But on the player front especially, it's it's incredibly difficult. But <clears throat> I think you can definitely use the numbers to convey a finding, a piece of analysis about a player and say, look, this player's really good and they're good in these ways. And look, here are the numbers that show how good they are in those ways. And you, know, you, you just have to be
0: uh, right. appropriate about how you do it. Exactly, and I'll let the caller hop back in here in a second, but someone in Twitch chat was just like, 4% is a dumb stat, and for whatever reason, they don't like it. And I think it's one of those things where it really depends on how this person, who has somehow put a negative perception of this person on 4%, in their head about what it means, because if you just say 4% is good, high 4% is good, no, not really.
5: Yeah, depends. Yeah, (laughs) it depends.
0: You know, like, are you in a winning matchup that should be getting turret plates, and then your 4% is lower than the average for that champion? I might say in a context like that that was a bad 4% because mm-hmm. all that context is needed to use that number. Um and then you start getting into like well what is an acceptable 4% for a champion like Jace playing into a melee matchup, you know? And and, and you need to really understand this term that you're using. And if someone yeah. goes in there and says high 4% good, then you're probably like yeah, this stat's useless and that falls on the person for not using it adequately and to put some criticism potentially on the on the analyst desk we're often time crunched and so sometimes you start taking shortcuts uh to get get your stats out and and you don't do that proper explanation sometimes
1: we did it cap what do you think of all this
8: yeah um i i obviously don't want to take up too much of your time but uh no i mean i agree with what was said my my issue isn't that stats are useless necessarily it was always that um a lot of people use them in order to push the narrative as a way as opposed to ways to support their narrative if that kind of makes sense yeah uh, so it's a dang- dangerous thing for sure
1: no i think it sparked a really good discussion most of which i did not understand but i thought it was great mm-hmm. cap anything you want to say before we uh say goodbye
8: yeah uh Three really quick things. This is my first time on the show, so thanks for having me. Um, secondly, shout out to Alienware, and then finally, if there's any esports orgs that are uh, looking for entry level data scientists, um, I'm about to finish my master's degree, so hit me up.
1: Maybe you can Let's work see. at Oracle'selixir.com.
8: Hey Tim, if you're hiring, I'll send you a DM.
1: <laughs>
8: that site like, a- doesn't even pay me.
1: <laughs> have a good, have a good one, Cap. See you. All right. Uh, well. That's the show, Mark. Any shoutouts, plugs? Mark, are you muted? You're muted. Unmute. There Fuck. you go. Uh,
0: no, this is a fun episode. I had a lot of fun. Check out our our other things. Thank you, Tim. It was a good mix of deep analysis and dumb rumor talk.
1: <laughs> yes, bad. actually, it's a perfect blend. <laughs> yeah. Dumb rumor talk and drama, and then deep analysis. I think is good tim i don't what?
2: really know who the guest was but you know whoever he was he
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. tim what what shout outs plugs do you do you have for us
2: yeah so uh you can follow me on twitter tim seven who's an, uh, it's the same tag that i use for my my twitch channel where i do a lot of kind of talking through like the armchair general manager stuff i've done reacting to moves that come out uh so that's a fun place to do that in the the oracle's elixir uh discord server which you can find there's a link on oracle's elixir.com um that's another great place to kind of hang out talk data science if you want to learn from other people who are trying to apply uh, new ideas or come up with new ways to to work with data uh in league of legends uh it's it's been a great place for that uh since we started running it so uh come and hang out there
1: run it's an amazing show that tim and i do so as much as you want to go look at the rest of his stuff make sure you always watch run it uh Absolutely. what's the next episode on
2: The next episode is uh, on scouting grounds uh, and basically who are the the best players who have come out of scouting grounds in the past uh, and uh, just kind of running them down, you might say, uh, and and then a bit of a a nod towards who might might some of the next ones be, who kind of live up to
1: the guys that have done it before. Very good. And our last caller, by the way, Papa Smithy said you should DM him. So if you're still here somewhere, DM Papa Smithy. Uh, But yes, and uh, stay be sure, by the way, that you catch, if you care about uh, Stormlight Archive stuff, um, my interview with Brandon Sanderson that Mark is going to be joining me for.
0: Arnacling (laughs) on to.
1: That's on Thursday. Look at my Twitter for, for information about that. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching Hotline League. I have a Yankos interview. Oh, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll bribe people to give me subs for Yankos interview airing it on stream after this. Uh, This has been Hotline League episode 148.